0: Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash Amos. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash Amos to help us continue to make high quality and tori attainment for you.
1: Okay, so two two discs to Venus and back. One is a live album. How long have you been wanting to do a live album? Have your fans been clamoring, writing letters, something you wanted to do?
2: Well, I think because there have been quite a lot of boots
1: Mm -hmm.
2: on the live shows over the years, and a lot of them are really bad quality, Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do something that was more representative of what it really is like. Right. That was the driving force. So
3: there you go. Mm
1: -hmm. And how have the fans received it, so far?
2: Well, everything seems fine,
3: you know.
0: Hey, everybody, you're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts, I'm Efren Jr., and I'm David Anderson. And on this episode, we're talking about Venus Live, Still Orbiting, the second disc of Tori's fifth album, To Venus and Back.
1: Okay, but now I'm a little self-conscious. Why? Hi, I need you to orient me. Can you do that for a second?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I came over unexpected. I forgot that I had these concert tickets (laughs) and we planned to go to the show tonight.
1: And you just assumed I was available? Yeah, we had planned to go to the carnival tonight, but we forgot we had the concert. (laughs) Well, as it turns out, my schedule is wide open. I knew it would be. Nary a flag to be seen on the Arctic wasteland that is my social calendar.
0: The only flags that I see on you, David, are green flags. Green flags? Yeah.
1: What are green flags?
0: No red flags.
1: Oh. Just green flags. Maybe a pink flag. Burnt sienna. Before we go on yet another journey, I need you to orient me. Is this the part where we're back from Venus? (laughs) No, we're still orbiting. All right. We haven't gotten back yet. When is that going to happen? Because you know I don't like to travel.
0: You know, I anticipate we'll be back from Venus at the wrap up. That's when we'll be back from Venus. That's when we'll get back. Okay.
1: That's when we kind of like watch the slideshow of our travels. Review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We laugh Mm -hmm. again. Okay. Memories. Got it.
0: We invite everybody to look at our pictures and then go really slow and then like look at them look at our pictures and give them a lot of detail. Yes. Yeah. Make it take all night. And (laughs) we're like, here's me
1: again, weightless in space. Oh, I took a lot of pictures of me weightless. I wanted proof. I finally met my vacation go weight. Zero.
0: <laughs> Zero gravity. Zero gravity on these prunes. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
1: How have you been, David? I've been pretty good. Still out there, orbiting around. Oh, well, I wish I had you back. Spinning uselessly. How about you? Same, spinning uselessly.
0: Yeah. But only in Los Angeles, yeah. Uh. We forgot that we had a concert album to go through, so we are here today to talk about To Venus and Back, Disc 2 Live, still orbiting. We have something very special planned for this episode, but first Mm -hmm. I just want to know what your thoughts were surrounding the 98 tour. Talk to me. When did you know it was plugged?
1: Unfurl your events. <laughs> okay, hang on. You want me to not only gather my thoughts, but wrap them around the entirety of the Plug98 tour? Is that the ask?
0: Yes, I want you to coil and emerge and run free with your thoughts.
1: Okay, I'm right on top of that, Rose. When did we first hear that she was touring with the band? I don't no (laughs) i don't remember i think it was like at the end of 97 right like we knew she was working with a band we knew she was working with the band and we probably like assumed if she hadn't officially announced it that that she would be touring with the band as well but i don't recall when we got official word on that maybe it was when they announced the sneak preview tour i don't know maybe it was yeah but in terms of how i felt about it you know not to be too controversial especially when we're talking about a very beloved era in tori herstory I'm still team solo. That's just the way it is.
0: Uh, You don't have to create division in the community. I'm not
1: creating division. I'm dividing Kanan. I guess that is creating division, but she started it.
0: Yeah, we can like both. You can love the band and still love her
1: solo. I didn't say otherwise, I don't think. You said you were team solo. Yeah, that doesn't mean, you know, accepting one group doesn't mean that you're excluding another. Have we learned nothing? Let me play the record back. I'm still team solo.
0: And I hate everything your likes. That's what you said.
1: That's true. And I'll say it again.
0: Well, I'm team band, but at this time I didn't know I was team band because there was no band. There had not been yet a band to be on their team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: But that's not true necessarily because you always like to beat. You were like, professional widow, God, give it to me. Blue
0: skies,
1: most uh, of all. Blue
0: skies.
1: You were like, Baker, Baker, I don't know. This could use a hi-hat.
0: Right. It's <laughs> 4-4 right. Uh, four, four, trap beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me some house on that cake.
1: <laughs> but back to your original question. I'm always hesitant and a little resistant to change. I know. But at the same time, where are you going to go after the Dewdrop drop-in tour? That's kind of like the height of Tori's piano prowess as a, as a solo artist anyway, as a solo piano player. So I think I was open to the band, but still maybe like a little disappointed. And it's hard to imagine that at this point, we're still talking about like very early career. Tori, or very early in Tori's career. But at that point, it seemed like she'd been touring forever. And she was like, you know, I'm getting lonely out there on the road. It's time for some friends. But yeah, it seemed like she'd been out there for
0: forever. It really did. And like looking back on it now, with what is it, 25 years that have passed since the plug tour? Oh, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, 25 years that have passed since the plug tour we can say that it was very early in her career but at the time it felt very late in her career it did like fourth album wow yeah it's just because it kept getting better and better every album kept getting better and better and delivering something different and something really good and really unique mm-hmm. it just felt like it'd been too long that the bubble hadn't burst like how like it just you know when you're driving down Santa Monica Boulevard towards the beach and you've never been to the beach before it feels like forever. If you've never been there, but on the way home, after you've already been to the beach, it doesn't feel quite so long. That's you know? true of
1: any journey. You're right.
0: Exactly. Like getting there when you don't know how, where you're going feels like it takes forever. And that's where why it felt like we were so late in her career.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: where is this headed? Plus, we were so young. Going from 16 to 20 was a giant journey in itself. It is, though. You know, we went through changes. cha cha changes mm. So, yeah.
1: Well, tell me how you felt about it.
0: I loved it. I loved Siren. I loved Spark. I loved everything. I loved the band. I was like, give me a beat. Give me a beat. That's exactly
1: how I felt. That's how I still feel. This era was very scary to me. <laughs> I'm willing to say <laughs> Why? I don't think scary is the right word. Then why are you holding yourself? I am. So you're not supposed to see that. If I don't hold myself, <laughs> who will? Um, I just remember, like, obviously Tori was popular up until this point and had been gaining in popularity. But this is when it really exploded and she became, like, really mainstream there for a second. And it was very unsettling to me. Overwhelming to hear Spark on the radio every hour on the hour. And I remember, maybe we'll get more into this because this is the live disc. But I remember like, people calling me my cousins calling me who had like expressed no interest in Tori before but they knew I would know they were like where are the sneak preview tickets gonna go on sale and I was like what are you talking about since when do you care about Tori and it was very unsettling to me because this thing that had felt very private and personal or at least something between me and my small group of friends and by that I mean Tori and Beanie was suddenly being (laughs) embraced by so many people just you and Dor and Tor and Beanie yeah (laughs) and there was a time when and Tori was playing in sports arenas, like the pond in Anaheim. And I'm like, this is so looking back. It was weird then, but looking back on it now, it's even more weird. Like people were like losing their minds in the, in the venue where like the Anaheim Ducks played to Tori playing Merman. I I'm like, what is <laughs> happening in this world? Yeah, it
0: was a good time. It was a good time. It was a prosperous time. It was a really good time. I really enjoyed this era. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. I really, really, really loved it. And let's not forget a vital, vital part of this era for me was the dent. Because I didn't have the luxury to traipse around America like you did. I was simply too young, David. I was simply too young. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't have a driver's license. I hadn't even hit my double digits.
1: (laughs) I love this story. Not only did I have a license, but I got my first speeding. Ticket on Tory tour <laughs> on this tour. Oh, you did. Yes.
0: <laughs> Officer, someone broke into my car and stole my underwear. That's <laughs> gross. That's
1: gross.
0: <laughs> That's gross. Okay, I loved everything about this tour, and I have to give a shout out to the Dent because they kept me afloat. I loved it.
1: Which Dent are you referring to?
0: The Dent. I'm talking about igloo with a u dot com slash tilde Mike Y.
1: Okay. Wouldn't hurt you to mention the Dent in Tory's ass, but all right. Oh, Adita. Adita. <laughs> I never went there. You never went there?
0: I never went there. God. No, it always made me very uncomfortable. You're
1: always withholding.
0: We're talking about a Tori's ass, David's original website, the grandmother of the memes... It made me very uncomfortable. Had it been called anything else other than a dent in Tori's ass, <laughs> I might have visited. It is very dumb. Yeah, it was a controversial site title. You were the most controversial of them all.
1: I think I originally called it A Fistful of Tori, which also doesn't like make any sense before I decided to spoof the dent. God, I was so dumb back then.
0: But at least A Fistful of Tori isn't. A- inherently offensive a dent in tory's ass why a dent in tory's ass
1: <laughs> what What should i have called it that was still kind of a spoof of the dent i don't know the splint the mint
0: i like a fistful of tory whatever do? i don't care yeah i don't know it just it was weird <laughs> i didn't know it was you i didn't know it was your site for a very long time until until you told me and i hope you're proud of yourself <laughs>
1: until i told you
0: yeah you can still find it on the internet
1: archive the Wayback machine i'm not proud of myself Why not? Because it's embarrassing. Like, it was dumb. If I did it now, I could be a lot smarter about it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, the
0: site title goes against what I know you to be.
1: Yeah, it's true. I'm a lot more sophisticated now. (laughs)
0: You're way more sophisticated than mm-hmm, that, David. Mm-hmm. So today on the show, we don't have any guests, but we're going to a concert today. We're going to go to the live Still Orbiting concert, and we're going to do a live commentary track here at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Isn't that exciting?
1: It is exciting.
0: For those who don't subscribe to our Patreon, and for those who do, patreon.com slash songs of we usually do our live commentary tracks on our Patreon feed. They're a lot of fun, and people seem to enjoy them. So we're bringing it here to the main feed. It's the only way to explain experience a concert is talking all
1: the way through it it's gonna be wild i don't think we've ever done commentary to something that's just audio i'm gonna like close my eyes and like vibe (laughs) like have my headphones in and be like yeah
0: yeah we'll just have to imagine what she's doing and we'll have Mm -hmm. to talk people through what we believe she was doing at that moment
1: or should we just play the bliss video over and over for the entirety of like the 70 minutes of the live album
0: yeah yeah that'll be interesting for the people (laughs)
1: <laughs> how many shows did you go to in 98 i don't know it was like 25 or something which wow that you're is, a real bitch that is <laughs> you're a real bitch you know that that is the most i've ever seen on a tour and i know for a lot of people that is still like a meager measly show count but for me <laughs> at the time and for me now that's a lot and like i was on the run i was on the run from life i was on the run from school i was on the run from myself
0: oh it was a good a time dent on the run that's what it should have been called, a Dent on the Run.
1: Mm-hmm, Band on the Run.
0: We're going to talk about everything tour, not that you cared about how many shows I went to. I was
1: just about to ask. You have to let me finish answering the question before I can ask. Are you like the person who gets on the elevator before the other person can even get off, and you're like, thanks, Yeah. Like, give me a second.
0: No, I get on, and then I block <laughs> them from exiting, and then wait till the door closes, and we go up together. And you blame them somehow. Yeah. I hate to be alone in the elevator. Okay,
1: how many shows did you go to?
0: Well, you know, I had challenges because I couldn't drive and I had to get my parents to take me and they had to buy the tickets. And And you were, (laughs) I was still uh, in
1: utero. I was a baby.
0: Yeah, I was a tiny little baby. And I only went to one show, Albuquerque 98. Really? Yeah, I only went to one show in 98. Sue me.
1: This is like distressing me emotionally right now. I'm sorry,
0: that's my shame, but I've already admitted it to you on our tour all year where you interviewed me, so you clearly
1: don't listen to what I say. I'm reiterating for the purposes of our guests, okay? And I'm trying to oh, do okay. it in an organic way that makes it seem I natural. See. You're feigning shock. <laughs> and interest. Just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm good at it. Me
0: what, too. What... That's <laughs> what's funny is so am I.
1: <laughs> what were the secret time songs at your show?
0: You know, the secret time for my show was very, very special because I went with my friend Kathy. I was going to go with Kathy, but she was always really ragging on Tori. She didn't like the sound of her voice, but she did like one song and one song only. And it was Famous Blue Raincoat. And so when we were planning to go to the show... We were, like, talking. I was like, she asked, what song do you hope to hear? And I said, I really want to hear Hotel. It's the only song that I really, really, really want to hear. And she said, I really want to hear Famous Blue Raincoat. And I was like, good luck, girl. That ain't never going to happen. I heard it Um, on this tour. Okay, well, you went to 25 shows.
1: (laughs) So, like, never isn't exactly accurate, but okay.
0: Well, Kathy going to one show, that ain't never going to (laughs) happen. So... We went to the show, and she played Famous Blue Raincoat. Wait, she did? She did. Oh, that is
1: remarkable.
0: Yes, Albuquerque 98. She played Famous Blue Raincoat and Merman. And I had never heard Merman before. That was the first time I heard it. Maybe I had heard it before, like on an MP3, but it's my greatest memory of where Merman debuted in my life.
1: Am I happy for Kathy or resentful? I'm not sure. To this. No, day. I'm
0: super happy because she burst into tears because I had convinced her because I was like the Tory person and she didn't really like Tory And I was like, that's not going to happen. Like I had already told my friend Nikki, who was like, I really hope I hear me gun I'm like, she's not doing it this tour. Like, get over it. I heard that too. Oh, Yo, you heard that too? Well, yeah, you went I to did. 25 shows. <laughs> At that time in her career, she had 25 songs. Yeah, so, basically. So I was telling Nikki, you're going to hear that. I was just like really playing God with this catalog. <laughs> you ain't gonna hear that you ain't gonna hear that honey and she heard it and she burst into tears and it was really a great moment and she said thank you and everything she really liked yeah
1: burst into tears so does that mean she really liked leonard cohen she
0: loved tori's version of that song really,
1: she really did. didn't like tori but specifically really liked famous Raincoat. interesting
0: this funny thing is, is I'm looking back on that time and she didn't like Tori. She said she liked her music, but she hated her voice. Now, Kathy was a very peculiar individual in her music taste. She was really into like Dave Matthews, not Dave Matthews, Band, but she was really into fish and like those kind of jam bands. So I totally got like why she would get into the music, but not get into the voice. And I just don't think she liked female musicians.
1: I don't know. I think that's pretty rude. That's like saying, I like your personality, but I can't stand your face.
0: You know, I've had that
1: happen. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Every gay man.
0: Yes, I have, David. Why people you like your up?
1: personality. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Take that <laughs> out. Take
0: that out. Take that out.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, because we're always yin and yang, people tell me the opposite.
0: Oh, I love your face, but I hate your personality. Yeah. That? that? Just, yeah. Well, that's just kidding. Gorgeous. No one's
1: ever said that. They liked my face before. I like your face. Uh, he said, as we record without video. Video.
0: <laughs> I like your face. I would have loved to see it when you were in LA for the third time without seeing me just last week. Yeah, David came to LA and didn't see me, didn't even make an effort to see me while he was here just a few days ago, and waited to get back all the way to New York today to record this. Didn't even broach the subject of recording together. Well, in person.
1: every time I'm there, you tell me you're leaving town. <laughs> well, That is my defense mechanism. Like, I would love to see you, but I'm going to be in Oregon. Oh, I would love to see you, but I'm going to be in Las Cruces.
0: No. Should we say hello to our patreon supporters yes
1: <laughs> hello but i have a question though or i want to run something by you and by you i mean also the listeners i'm a little i don't know i'm concerned about this segment it's evolving over time and i'm not sure it's for the better initially it was just like puns and then it became specifically tory puns wherever possible and i've noticed recently that i feel compelled to sing and i'm not sure that's good <laughs> should i stop doing yeah i know you're not should i stop doing that or continue to embarrass myself let's hear from the audience listeners message us on
0: instagram just say yay and then if you don't just say nay
1: please note that i'm saying sing in air quotes oh yes sing (laughs)
0: <laughs> all of the following people you're about to hear the names of and possibly tunes about from David all went to patreon.com and joined our Patreon. Oh my god. Hello to Dwayne
1: Rabato. Dwayne, I know there's a Rob on my toe. Oh, that's good. Hello to Jeff Gianelli. If my heart's soaking wet, boy, your boots can leave a Jeff.
0: <laughs> Hi, Jen Thrash. Thank you for joining our Patreon.
1: You know what? I think I've got to learn to let Jen Thrash. Down? yeah well whichever way she wants up down left right well
0: she didn't thrash down she thrashed up because she joined at our highest level hi jen and thank you thank you so very much hello to grace wallace amazing grace tilda wallace amazing grace a very special hello to b guavara who i met on tour i love you so much
1: tell me what you love
0: everything about her everything
1: oh that's lovely Sit in the chair and be Guevara.
0: Sit in the chair and, and be, be Guevara. Guavara. Hi, Eric Lane. Welcome back. We love Eric Lane, fellow Macy Rodman fan. Oh, yeah?
1: Yeah. A song for Eric Lane. That was too easy well sometimes well we could make this easy we could do
0: lane lane he screamed
1: at me i have drunk from the devil's lane the devil's lane oh that's good <laughs> thank you hello to very special patreon supporter christopher rudolph you're not gonna like this the real reindeer king oh no i like that okay
0: that's cute all right rudolph the reindeer king that's so cute i thought we so. love you christopher
1: This is to the special mistress of the image, Lori Christie. Does she have? Of course she has, beneath her raincoat, she has your photograph. Thousands of them you've probably never seen before.
0: Honestly, I don't know how she does it, but Lori Christie gets to the very bottom of the internet. If you're looking for bones as an archeologist in like an archeology span dig, I imagine Mm -hmm. you're like looking for bones. So you dig and you dig, and then you find the bones, right? Everybody's like, oh my god, we found like a dinosaur skeleton that we've never seen before. And then you dig it out. Lori Christie then gets back in the sand and digs under where the bones were. She continues to dig and she finds more bones. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. That's why we dub her here the mistress of the image.
1: You know what? It seems I keep getting this Lori twisted, but don't get it twisted. She's the best.
0: The Pictori. That's good. Because there's the collectory. Pictori Lori. Oh my god. The Lori Pictori, I like it. Welcome back to Jamie Serretti. We've cried with you. We've laughed with you. We've apologized to you for our comments on Boston. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome back and to England <laughs> with their <What>? E. <laughs> I don't know. So dumb. <laughs> it's <is> dumb. <laughs> I never said it wasn't. With her E's and her Serretti's, it's Jamie seretti Does that make you mad because you're I-I-E-F? Yeah, it does. Jamie, I-I-E-F. She's coming for me. All right.
0: We had an interesting turn of events on our Patreon around this time. We got a lot of, you know, I don't know if you're into numerology or like coincidences in the universe, but we had two people come in back to back, a double threat, Chris Lane and Christopher Whitney. Isn't that wild? That is.
1: I'm into circuitry, not numerology. Chris Lane. Chris Lane, use that fame. Use that lane. I have drunk from the devil's lane. From the, you're really <laughs> into that today.
0: I'm thirsty. <laughs> and Christopher Whitney, who came in at our highest level.
1: Christopher her, for you for Whitney. How about that?
0: That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you try it then. That's fine. Oh, um, um.
1: see, silence, <laughs> yeah, crickets.
0: So that was interesting. Chris and Christopher back to back. But what was really interesting around this time was our triple threat because we got three back to back. We got Kaylee, Kay Ray, and Kaylin Millsap. Isn't that wild? Kaylee, Kay Ray, Kaylin. I love
1: it. Me too. Kaylee. All right. Kay, leave the wood outside. <laughs> Kay Ray. Just ka while, ka while, K a while. <laughs> and then Kaylin Millsap. Okay, this one better be good. I don't want to have a Millsap mishap. <laughs> yeah. Ballerinas who have Kalens you'll never find. How about that?
0: I like that. Ballerinas that have Kalens that you'll never find. Thank you to everybody. We haven't quite gotten through all our Patreon supporters, but the rest will be in the carnival episode. So if you haven't heard your name by then, please let us know. And the wrap up. If you haven't heard your name, let us know. And if you haven't heard your name because you're not a Patreon supporter, then head over to patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos. Become a supporter today. Good? Yeah, good. And of course, we could not do any of this without our tour manager, our piano tech, our nail tech, and our masseuse, Shea
1: She does your nails? She doesn't do yours? No, she threads my brows, though.
0: Oh, she's never offered. She's never dared to mm. attempt these monsters.
1: <laughs> no one dared. No one cared. Shay can be cruel, darling. But let's talk about her precious things. Precious <laughs> things.
0: <laughs> these precious things. I
1: love it when she opens with precious things.
0: Precious things. Precious
1: <laughs> things.
0: Thanks, Shay, for everything that you do. You're remarkable. You're wonderful. And we'll talk to you in the wrap-up episode. Talk to you soon. Shall we get this party started? All right. This is going to be a tour stats episode. I don't know if we said that. We just prattled on for 85 minutes. This is going to be a tour stats episode.
1: I get nervous when you say we should start the party when I'm feeling like it's already started. I feel like I don't know what to do.
0: One time, my friend, I'm just going to tell a quick story before we throw it to Oliver to take us into a commercial. When I was a teenager, my friend Hank ran away from home. And he was hiding out at a bunch of different friends' houses. A bunch of different houses throughout the period of like two or three months. After school, he would like knock on our window and then like hop in and like stay the night and then like be gone in the morning. And then off to Brian's and then off to just spent like several months hiding out. Eventually reunited with his parents and eventually they worked it out. A month after that, his parents left town to um, do whatever. I don't know what they were doing. So Hank threw a party to thank everyone for (laughs) hiding him out. And I remember on the Friday night at like 8 p.m. when that party was supposed to start, that party was supposed to start at 8 p.m. And at like 8.01, no one had arrived still. And Hank and I were sitting on the couch with, like, one other person. And Hank looked at me and was like, oh, my God, Ephraim, what if nobody comes? I'll be so embarrassed. Oh God. And it was the moment that sticks with me. Cut to one week later, the party never stopped. Like, people showed up, and the party just never stopped. It was, like, a week-long party. I just hung out with Hank in Portland, and Hank told me how bad he felt about doing that in the end because his parents were grad students. and They were, like, broke grad students. I'm like, wait, your parents were grad students at that time? I couldn't believe it. They seemed so old back then. Don't, (laughs) don't, don't.
1: I know. (laughs) They were but babies. Anyway. I have an important question. Yeah. Did Hank make it to his own party or was it like 200 cigarettes when Martha Plimpton like sleeps through her own New Year's Eve party, tragically?
0: No. Hank was at that party. I can't even begin. That was the party of my life. That party made my
1: life. More so than our own after tour party?
0: Yes, honestly. Well, no, not more so. Just in a different way. It was like the formational party of my life up to that party because that was the first time I ever took a shower with somebody. Um, at the party, it was party? a wild party. At the party, the what party kind was of, like the party... weird
1: science shenanigans were going on at this party. Chips, dips, chains, whips.
0: No, the party lasted a week. The party didn't stop for a week. I didn't leave Hank's house for a week, basically and neither did anybody and there was a lot going on there was a lot of stuff but there was always rice there was a rice warmer and there was always plenty of rice available wow
1: (laughs) i do remember yeah (laughs) that's why we all go Uh, to parties like oh shit there's gonna be a rice steamer always on there's some rice yeah it was good when you're drunk and you need something to eat just plain white rice yeah Anyway, since this is our sneak
0: peek tour and plug tour retrospective slash love letter slash love poem slash scrapbook, we're gonna start here with the very first song Tori ever performed with the band in a concert setting. This is Black Dove January from April 18th, 1998 in Fort Lauderdale. And the rest was history. <laughs>
2: You know, in this seven years, um, that now you are a household name. People know Tori Amos. How does that feel for you? Is that one of the reasons why you live mostly in Ireland, so that you can just get on with the business of living? You get so famous and so recognized on this side of the pond that does it restrict you in any way? I'm really low-key, and I'm a hermit. so. And I think when you don't call attention to yourself, then people, you can just kind of whisper by them and it's not as, they're not looking for it, so it's not a, do you know? I totally know and I'm really glad to hear you say that because I hear all the time uh, celebrities say, you know, I just can't even go to the store and get milk. I would like that. In their dreams. But they make entrances everywhere they go. There are some people who'd have a hard time going to the store. And those are very few people. Um, but for me, I, I think I'm really lucky that I live my life with a fierce calm. Mm, a fierce calm. More so since I've been married,
0: I think. Welcome back, David. Thank you. I hope you thought about what you said. Which thing? I
1: hope you've atoned for it. I don't know. Uh, All of them, just to be sure, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever was offensive. (laughs) Where do I start? Let's do the quotes, shall we? Okay. Okay. This is from Atlantic Records' promo bio on September 9th, 1999. Venus Live, still orbiting.
1: That's so many nines. I just have to say that's nine, 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 nine. That is nine,
0: nine, nine, nine. Nine times. Venus Live, still orbiting. The second half of Tori's latest sonic excursion collects an eclectic and mesmerizing assortment of Amos songs captured during 1998's acclaimed Plugged Tour of the World. Tori's first ever with a full band. In order to decide which tracks made it to the album, says Tori, quote, the songs had to play against each other, sort of like the Bulls and the Knicks at the NBA playoffs. Okay, pick me girl. She sure knows how to talk to her fan base. She really does, you know? Mm Kind of like the Bulls and the Knicks, you know? I'm not like a regular girl, I'm like a cool girl. (laughs) So Tori with Holly and Van Limbeek created a ranking system from one to four, with four being the highest. Rather than a greatest hits and concert souvenir, Venus Live still orbiting compiles what Tori and her mates feel are the most special musical moments of the year-long trek around the globe. More importantly, the songs are presented just as they were originally performed. There are no overdubs, says Tori of the live tracks, just remixed with care and tarted up a little bit. Just as the planet it is named for, to Venus and back is, says Tori, an emotional elixir with a little bit of Dionysian frenzy thrown in, which resonates with the feeling world, not the thinking world, where blood and wine become one. I felt almost like I was in a Dionysian frenzy reading that.
1: Really? I felt that too.
0: Yeah. You know, anytime anybody refers to Bacchanalia or the Dionysian frenzy, I just imagine a group of women on all fours like tearing off flesh of men with their teeth. On all fours? Yeah, they're, like, hunting, you know, like, not all fours, like, hands and knees, but, like, squatting and, like, jumping and leaping on all fours, like, tearing the throats of men. Wow. Yeah. I staged an adaptation of The Backeye. Okay. <laughs> as my thesis project mm-hmm. called A Mouthful of Birds. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were doing.
1: Yeah. A Tory show is obviously a lot like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically.
1: <laughs> I've seen many a Dionysian frenzy break out during a performance of Cooling. Just throats being torn out.
0: Or whatever is the last song of the main set. <laughs>
1: hmm Waitress. <laughs> yeah. You just run. Go for it. More so that. You run. You push people out of the way. Yeah. No, you don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't do that. But anyway, what do you think of this quote? There's a lot in it that I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? That the Bulls
0: and the Knicks were ever in the NBA playoffs yeah, together? Yeah, for starters. I agree. Okay, talk to me. Why don't you believe?
1: I don't necessarily believe that they came up with this ranking system and employed it. Maybe they came up with it, but I'm not sure they actually employed it.
0: What are you talking about? (laughs) Why would she lie about oh my god I mean that's a
1: good question. Why would you lie about that, (laughs) Tori? You could have just never said it.
0: (laughs) Why would she say it if it's not true? They had to have a way. Why? Why now? You are so mistrusting.
1: With reason, you have to earn my trust and keep it. No,
0: this season has proven you to be a very mistrusting person. You don't trust very easily.
1: I feel like that's my job though. No? Really? On this show, yeah, I feel like that's my job to not just like take everything at face value. This is investigative journalism.
0: Well, I don't see what would be the point of making up a fake ranking system when you know that you have just done 140-some shows and you have to rank them. You're not going to be able to listen to everything back. You have to rank them.
1: I will propose one of many possible reasons why they would have done this because it's a lot more compelling, especially for an Atlantic Records promo bio, than saying, we really just took songs from the last three shows of the tour, which is what happened. Well, (laughs) that's not
0: entirely true. Yeah, it is. No, 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 no They didn't just take songs from the last three shows Okay, there's, but basically there's No, you know what And also, and it's still to this day As the tours progress She gets more and more comfortable And they get more and more comfortable playing together yeah. So maybe those were the best performances And maybe she just felt like it was right You know, And give that a four As she was coming off the stage She said, give it a four Put that at the high side of the ranking system
1: Maybe I'm inclined to believe her At what point do you think they employed the ranking system? Did they do that for every single song? Or did she kind of come up with what was probably going to be the track list and say, okay, let's look for all the fours for Precious Things. Let's look for all the space dogs that are fours to eliminate a big chunk of stuff that she never had any intention of including on the live disc. Or do you think it was all kind of up for grabs at one point?
0: Um, I think like Precious Things and Waitress were always going to be there because they were always the opener and always the closer. Not always. And so, well, for the plug tour, not the sneak peek tour, for the plug tour. And because they were always going to be there, I do believe that she had to employ a ranking system. Let's listen to all the fours of the waitress because she would probably note them in the moment or the day of, you know. So I do think that that was right. But I don't think she had a track list in her mind where she was like, I've got to have, you know, cloud on my tongue and we got to have a bells for her. I don't think it was like that. I think it was really, I believe that she, you know, put out what she thought were her best performances. Knowing her as I do now, 25 years later, how guarded she is about her live material with the, Random exception of putting out every American Doll Posse show, basically. You know, she's very guarded about her live material, so it seems true to me. Okay. You You don't think so?
1: Not exactly, (laughs) but I'll allow it. Fine. I mean, I'm sure there was some version of this, but I don't believe that they listened to every song and like ranked them. I just...
0: Well, no, no, no. I don't think that. I don't agree with that. And I don't think that's what she's saying.
1: The quote says, the songs
0: had to play against each other. So Tori created a ranking system from one to four with four being the highest. It doesn't say she sat there and listened to every song.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
0: I think she came off the stage and said that show was a one.
1: Oh, you think it was happening in the moment? Mm.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. That's how I always interpreted it is that she would come out and maybe on the bus after she would listen back, or she would maybe mark it on the set list or mark it on like a master set list. Like this was a three. If they had the capability to hear it on the bus after, then I believe she was probably listening to it. If not, then she would mark it in the set list. This was a one, this was a six, this was a 25. So
1: you think they were planning it that far in advance to be aware of that as the tour was happening and not later when she was like, I gotta find a way to get out of this contract.
0: Oh, that's another good point because the idea for the live album, well, the idea for the live album was always there. There was always going to be a live album with a B-Sides disc yes the b-side disc is the one that changed it's not the live album I, and i believe they had known that they were going to do it halfway through the tour right
1: now i'm questioning this too sorry go ahead
0: i remember that there's a quote somewhere maybe it's in this document where she's talking about like we knew halfway through so maybe that's why all the later ones are included rather than anything from the beginning you know
1: because they figured out halfway through that they were going to release the live album yeah maybe
0: yeah and those are the ones they were ranking
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and for ease of time those are the ones they focused on and the tour was long and they really did settle in and keep working songs up so at a certain point it's probably safe to say we could toss out like at least the first half of the tour because that still gives yeah. us like 60 shows to choose from or whatever for sure that's a lot that's a,
0: that's a lot of shows a lot <laughs> that's a lot of shows
1: and side note <laughs> i'm sort of wondering if a b-sides compilation would have satisfied her record contract like if it needed to count as new so she had to do like a new album but also the live performances technically counted as new as opposed to like b-sides that had been released on singles before
0: in my opinion in my humble little opinion a b-side and live album double disc is so bizarre it is yeah you would only do that if it was satisfying some sort of the contract Mm -hmm. okay yeah that's my opinion but i don't know i don't
1: fucking know you do though this is the part where i defer to you as the authority on the recording industry
0: for my vast career in the music biz yeah
1: i'm like if you were trying to get out of your eight record contract or whatever it was what would you
0: do oh i would cause a scandal darling i would cause a scandal (laughs) i would get them to drop me (laughs)
1: yeah you'd cause a scene
0: i would um why don't you read this from us magazine january 2000
1: okay And Us Magazine asks, what's the coolest outfit you've worn on stage? And (laughs) Tori answers, the band bought me this full leopard suit with ears and a tail. I wore it one night on stage. My crew needed cheering up, so I went out in it for the encore. Nothing I wore that night was very flashy, so the paradox of it worked. I was there for that.
0: (laughs) You were there for that.
1: Interesting that she considers that the coolest thing she's ever worn. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, well, wow, there was a time when I did an encore dress as Tony the Tiger. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry, it was a leopard. You, I know.
0: It was a leopard. What did you think of the entire tour, the outfits?
1: I loved the aprons. Yes. I did not necessarily love the sneak preview looks, you know? Nor did she. Yeah, apparently, after the fact, she got like a, a finger wagon talking to from Karen Binns. But I don't want my idols, my pop stars, my Tori Amoses to show up wearing the same thing that I'm wearing to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know I didn't put any thought into it. <laughs> I know. At that, I sh- sure didn't. At that time, I had also gotten very into Old Navy. And I like probably showed up in my cargo pants and T-shirt and purple high heels. No, except for the shoes. I was like, oh my God, we're wearing the same outfit. What's going on? So I loved, um, I loved the aprons. Yeah. How about you?
0: You know what? I loved the aprons. I still think that the aprons are her most iconic tour look. Most iconic tour look of all of her entire life.
1: Well, this is the first time she had like a consistent look.
0: Yes. Like she always rocked basically the same silhouette 92 with like a bodysuit top with jeans or shorts, you know. It was like that was a basic look and 94 had a basic look and 96 had a basic look but this was like elevated to a really classy degree and i loved it I yeah loved
1: it to me this is the first time when she really seemed styled yeah under the pink and do drop in particular i just felt like she was wearing her own clothes which is not a criticism but it just seemed like not as thought out yeah not as
0: stagey yeah yeah
1: do you know to which show she is referring and more importantly do you know what song she debuted that night the night of the leopard outfit
0: yes now i want to make it clear because I said I only went to one show but I, I was very plugged into the plug tour from the beginning so don't get me wrong I was engaged I was involved just because I was not on the road doesn't mean I don't have memories as they were happening thank you Mike Y it was San Jose
1: and don't look at the set list. What did she debut? What song
0: what song did she debut that yes. night? Are you really gonna ask me what song she gave birth to? Yes on September
1: nineteenth, nineteen
0: ninety yes. eight. Roll a- it there's Oliver. There's a reason
1: why I am asking you specifically. Roll it, Oliver. Of my hotel. Thank you. God, that must have been a really painful labor. <laughs> I'm
3: still
0: alive.
1: Unless it was like a b- boutique hotel. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's small.
0: Cute. It's small.
1: Just eight rooms.
0: <laughs> Let's read this from Goldmine Magazine, May 7th, 1999,
1: when they ask about Katon. Okay. You definitely have people who've been part of your own round table. For example, Kaiten has been with you a long time. How has that relationship developed over the years? He's been with you through every record. I had my first drink with Kaiten when I was 21. I don't think I'd ever had an
0: alcoholic drink. Isn't that funny? It was a margarita. And Kaiten and I have been together 14 years. I don't know why, what the chemistry is that keeps you wanting to play with certain people, but it is chemistry. Like George Porter Jr. who I've played with on quite a few records. There's just a magic that happens with certain people. If I could tell you what it was, maybe it wouldn't be magic anymore. I don't know.
1: It had some sort of mystery.
0: Well, it's obviously beyond the technical side. That's a given that somebody's got to have that, but it starts to come down to how people express their instrument, and if they're able to listen to the soul of the song, and then hear what's needed from her, and they bring a part of themselves, which doesn't put something on her, the song, that she can't hold. That's always the thing.
1: Caden also has a very fluid ambient style of guitar playing that's very subtle. It sneaks in and kind of wraps around a lot of the songs.
0: There's a lot that Caton does that people think is strings or keyboards. He's more inspired by Adrian Ballou.
1: So I guess we should get him in the future. I guess so. Yeah. Can we keep doing the thing where I point out things that I am questioning?
0: Yeah. Well let's go back to I'm not trying to start a war. I'm not trying to start a war. But here she said in that first quote that we read, more importantly, the songs are presented just as they were originally performed. There are no overdubs, says Tori of the live tracks, just remixed with care and tarted up a bit. Which that's a weird word, tarted. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I I
1: did say there were two things that I didn't believe in this quote, and I forgot about that one. So thank you for taking us back.
0: You're welcome. But it's only because in our live interview, and I'm not going to go through the literal 24 hours of audio, I'm not going through the 24 hours of Steve Caton Audio to find where he says that they did overdub some guitar stuff. Yeah. Just kidding. I couldn't have lived with myself if I didn't, so here it is. You know what I do remember, and uh, this may be shocking, but the live album is not entirely live. And no live album is. They recorded every show high quality. Then they went through
1: and decided which were the best takes of each show. And the thing is, you would take the best take and then you would do it you needed to on that take. There's a little dressing on there, a little, yeah. So that's the part I'm talking about.
0: But this could have been, what was this? This was in September 9th, 1999. That's when this came out. That was when the promo bio came out. So it was weeks before that. So they might've done it after that. Who no. knows?
1: No, please. What's next? They were still writing Spring haze at this point. Yeah. And we know that that's true. So we can no. believe it. No, stop it. So here's the thing. Something included that we obviously know is false. So where does it stop? Where does it end? You have to question everything, trust no one. The truth is out there.
0: You know what? We don't know that it's false. We don't know. Yeah, we do. He told us. He played on the
1: album and he told us.
0: But let me tell you. Let me tell you a scenario where there's all you can never know. Like when you are so clear about when Tori says something like this inspired a song, you don't know whether it inspired the musical line, the melody line, the bass line, the lyrics, the structure, the chords. You don't know. There's so many things that could be inspired right? There's so many pieces to a song. So what about the possibility that maybe Steve was asked to overdub guitars, did some overdubs on the guitars, and then they didn't use it? Maybe she was like, oh, this just sounds not in the world. Maybe this does not sound good with the live take. So they didn't use it. So he's right that he did overdub guitars. And she's right by saying there was nothing overdubbed in the end, you know, so you never know. It's possible, but I think this you is have the time. To yes. No, you have to lead from your healed root chakra. That's what I've learned. <laughs> you have to lead from your healed chakra center so that you can accept what people tell you without mistrusting.
1: I always lead from my root chakra, okay? I always. I have been banned from places because of it. <laughs> But I think this is the time when her perfectionism started to emerge. She got, like, more nervous about performing live on television, and I think she slowly started to, like, tighten her grip (laughs) on what she was putting out there and wanted to airbrush everything. So I do believe that things were overdubbed. Just saying. You can have your belief. Thank God. I was, like, bracing for your anger, and and it never came.
0: It never came. David, you can believe what you want to believe. Okay. And I support you. Thank you. I like having point-counterpoint. I like being right. (laughs) (laughs) From the Illinois Entertainer, September 1998. I'm enjoying the interplay with the band, Tori admits, though she doesn't promise whether or not she'll keep it together after this current tour. Quote, it's hard to know where anything's going. I could tell you that I think I know, but sitting here right now, what's today? Friday? I don't know. This tour is really where all our focus is, and we're recording it, so I might put out a live record because the people that come to the shows have been asking me to do this for a long time. They have a lot of shitty bootlegs out there, and I'm thinking of touring with it. I don't know if it's the right time so this is September 1998 by the way Mm-hmm. tour didn't even end till December and there was probably like 50 shows in between those three months so even as early as September she's recording it but then they go on to say perhaps the most exciting thing about the band collaboration for Amos is the live reinterpretation of some of her older material in the new format and she says a lot of the old songs are shifting it's really groovy working on songs from the other records because this record Choir Girl it's very clear what it is the rhythm was built into the structure we play this songs pretty much as they are on the record with a lot of the other songs though the rhythm was not fleshed out on the albums so there are a lot more surprises coming from the older material than from the new with the new songs it's more like can we deliver what the record has that's always the challenge of a night can we go beneath that little space in the back of the spine and just crawl around inside like a snake
1: and ignite you dang dang get out of there like swatting her away
0: get out of my spine
1: <laughs> and into my car get out of my spine
0: <laughs> this was the best era honestly this was such a good era tell me why because she was she was all these things that she's saying she was doing mm. it's not like she's saying all these things about crawling in the spine and getting in there and like putting on a rock show and then coming out and not doing that she was doing that we were Rocked. We were rocked. Yeah, that's all.
1: You don't agree? I do. I do believe it. I do agree with you. Yeah. And you
0: saw the most shows on this tour than not only you ever saw in a single tour, but also you saw the most shows on this tour than any podcast host on this show. So you're the authority.
1: All right. Finally.
0: Uh, Finally, for once. However, I saw my fair share of 99 shows, which was the same configuration and the same vibe. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Just throw it down there. Just say you're better than me without saying you're better than me. That's
1: not what I was thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't a judgment. It wasn't a better or worse. It was just, it wasn't exactly the same. Mm,
0: that's true. It wasn't. It had lava lamps. They had lava lamps that were shorter, but once she was done with Atlantis, then it was longer.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: You're telling me when we shared communal space in Denver 99, you didn't feel that we were seeing an amazing show?
1: That is not what I said at all. But I wouldn't have said this is the same as a Plug 98 show.
0: Well, why don't you read this quote from LA Times on September 23rd, 1999.
1: Okay. Judging from the video for the new single, "Bliss," which intersperses shots of Amos and her group on stage and backstage with striking glimpses of fans at her shows, the former solo performer has settled into cozy camaraderie with her own band. That bond, she says, has strengthened the performances. A lot of it happens because of the conversations after hours on the bus. You cannot contrive that. It's about people hanging out together. That experience has continued on the Month Plus Tour with Morissette, Amos's first as a co-headliner. One big difference? I have to be on time, quips Amos, who goes on first to ensure that her piano stays in tune. Morissette was very gracious about that. They wanted to do a changeover every night, meaning a swap, a billing order. But pianos don't work like that. Once it's in place, it doesn't move. Just like me. Although she and Morissette have had a good cup of tea here and there, Amos says, each is busy within her respective sphere on the road. It's like two beehives. We're a traveling village of buses and trunks. And it takes a lot of mutual respect and a great sense of humor.
0: I think she did enjoy doing the tour. And I feel like people were always trying to create drama and wreak havoc, you know? Assume that they weren't getting along. Mhm. Did you get that sense?
1: No, not necessarily.
0: I felt like she was always preempting anyone trying to come create drama. Mhm. I felt like that's what she was always like on guard doing that. Agreed. Yeah. And I love Alanis. Alanis is like the least problematic of her generation. Is that true? I think so.
1: Who's problematic?
0: Everybody else. Who? Jewel? <laughs> Well, Jewel is problematic for other reasons.
1: Because she said the F word?
0: Well, because she supported Joe Rogan, but that's not till way mm, later. Okay. From Attitude Magazine, UK, September 2001, from the Reader submitted questions, Justin Gray asked her, what's your favorite song to play live?
1: And she said, I kind of like doing Take to the Sky. I like doing it on the piano, using it like a percussion instrument. It makes me feel better. No matter how low I am, I feel like I can pull something up out of me. It's a very physical song, very tactile. It has the capacity to ground me. If a show isn't going well, then I play leather. I think it breaks the ice. It's very Sally Bowles, very trampy. Like you. (laughs) Just like me. You don't just walk into the winners in the 1,000 oceans because they're difficult to deliver. There has to be fluidity to pull that off. At the same time, you have to have your own personal rhythm. You can't let the audience determine it for you, try as they might. You don't make records by committee, just like you don't do shows with other people setting your pace for you. Although sometimes, if I know it'll be a moment of love, I'll give them what they want. (laughs)
0: Hmm. That's a far cry from her very, very first comment on the Little Earthquakes VHS, where she says,
2: As a performer, I work as a mirror. So whatever you're giving me, I give it back to you tenfold. Because that's how mirrors can work. When all this love is coming to you, and all this projection is coming to you, and all this stuff is coming to you, what an audience really is doing is they want to give it to themselves.
0: Right? No, she just keeps it. <laughs> yeah, she's saying you just don't do shows with other people setting your pace for you, which now it's very different cuz she's with a band and I I remember quotes every time people over the years have asked her about what's the difference between touring with a band and I remember this one specific quote. How is
1: it working with a with a touring band? Is it is it different from anything
3: you've done before? Sure.
2: Yeah, sure, because yeah. when you're alone at the piano doing concert tours, a few things happen. Uh-huh you have to hold that stage by yourself um, so you have to breathe fart and spit all at the same time and hit your notes yeah. and there's no drummer to cover it
1: right so on this one you're like a team
3: like, well at like least an I have
2: a second to spit out the water
3: right.
2: while they're filling a space I think when you're alone it is a really different performance I I shape it differently.
0: So it's a very different muscle, you know, obviously. Obviously, and the band shows, as we all know, have much different energy. I'm in favor of the band. Yes, team band.
1: Do you think she answered with a solo song because she was touring solo at the time that this interview is from? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's from 2001, but then Joe Matthews goes on
0: to ask, what's the best song you've ever written? And she says, I can't say that. The other songs are hearing me say this. They're zooming in from all over the planet. Oh my god, Tori invented Zoom? Whoa! (laughs) Burning
1: CDs and zooming. They're zooming in right now from all over the planet. They're in the waiting room can you imagine if like mother zoom bombed I can imagine, actually.
0: Yes. They're Zooming in from all over the planet, wherever they are. Leather was down in Costa Rica and just opened her laptop, and she's here on the Zoom now. <laughs> and now she's here right in my face saying, if you say a different song, there'll be no more High Heel for you, girl. Do I have to answer that? I know what I'll do. I'll take a favorite B-side, because the album girls get a little sensitive. For a favorite B-side, it would be between Cooling and Never Seen Blue. You hear that, Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout? You didn't make the cut. <laughs> take yourself out. You know why? Because you're garbage. Oh. Oh, sad. <laughs> I have a little fun activity before we get into the live track commentary. Okay. You ready? You want, yeah. You want to try a game? Sure. Two questions for you. When we heard that the album was going to be a live album that it was coming out, what did you expect? Did you expect that it was going to be a full show? At this point, while we were waiting for this album to be delivered onto us, Prior to the track listing being released, Ani DeFranco's Living In Clip had come out and there was different tracks from different cities. Mm-hmm. But she listed the cities on the, on the album very transparently. Like this is from Albuquerque. This is from Cincinnati, whatever. Up to that point of hearing Living In Clip and becoming obsessed with Living In Clip, the only live album I was super acquainted with was Joni Mitchell, Miles of Isles, where I fell in love with the song Woodstock. But that was all one singular show. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, A, were you expecting a full show to be released? Or B, were you at least expecting her to list where the songs came from?
1: Yes. I think I was definitely expecting her to list which shows the songs had come from, especially because she had done that before. Like the Under the Pink single. Well, but then she stopped doing it with Do Drop In. Like the Hey Jupiter EP doesn't list what shows those songs are from, right? But the Under the Pink singles do. However. Why does she do that? I don't know. She's slippery. Can you tell me? I have never heard Living in Clip does it fade out? Like, is it edited to appear as if it's one show or does it like fade out between songs? How does it, how is it? No,
0: there's some, it's basically like at the end of a track, the crowd will applaud and it kind of like fades into the next crowd, but it's not meant to be presented as one show. And there are some very jarring like cuts in between some songs. Okay. Like some songs will be like swelling with a crowd applause and then suddenly that'll cut out and she'll be like in the middle of the opening riff on another song. And mm. it's intentionally like jarring. Mm-hmm.
1: That's living in clip, baby. But
0: the structure of Tavina Simbach is what leads me to believe that she has overdubbed some stuff because why wouldn't she be transparent about where they came from? Because she doesn't want you to go back and listen to the bootleg and compare, or it'll forever remain a mystery as some interesting of these songs have. Some of these songs have forever remained a mystery, like where they came from.
1: You could be right. I always thought it was more of because she was trying to create the illusion of one continuous Mm. show that she didn't want to tip her hat. That's not the right word. Show her cards. No, yeah. yeah. Flash her Show her tits. You want me to show (laughs) you my tits? You want me to show you my tits? But, like, obviously, that was spoiled by nature of the fact that she included two check songs.
0: Exactly.
1: So. Exactly. That's what gives me pause. Why? <laughs> She's like, no, everyone was just really quiet during those songs. <laughs>
0: Why can't we have anything nice? Why can't we have a live album like any other fandom? Why does it have to all go away in the middle? Although the sugar that we got was amazing. The sugar that we got was amazing. But I'm such a neurotic person that I would have overdubbed crowd noise there. Me too. I would have faked it. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? For the sacrifice of the flow. You know, like I I wouldn't want to sacrifice the flow.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. You want even
3: flow.
0: Even flow. Even flow. Can you tell that I took a pot gummy earlier? Do you feel good? We're going to a concert. I feel a little chatty. I'm
1: so high. I'm going to a concert. Mhm.
0: So anyway, that's what I wanted to ask you. And then I secondly wanted to ask you two other questions. So the substack of 2. So question 1 and then question 2 has two questions attached to question 2. 1A If you had to pick one show to release as a bootleg as the live to Venus and Back Still Orbiting, what one show would you have chosen?
1: San Diego. Really? Of course. A plugged show, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. It was also the best show that I saw. When you got Father Lucifer. Yeah, but that's not why. Or it's not the only reason why. It was a really good show. San Diego
0: 98 was a fantastic show. Don't undersell it. Let's read the set list to the people. For those people who are not intimately familiar and haven't been reading the set list for the last 25 years like we have, have not committed it to memory. Do you think you could commit it to memory? Do you think no. you have it memorized? I could try, uh, but
1: no. Okay. okay, try. Precious things. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I.I.E.? Nope. Little Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Right. Oh, shoot. Okay. All right. Bam. Yeah. Okay, Precious Things,
0: Little Amsterdam, Black Dove January, light Sneeze, IIE, Liquid Diamonds, Secret Time was Mother and Flying Dutchman, where she did the backing vocals Mm -hmm. for Shaggy. Then the band came back for Putting the Damage On, Tear in Your Hand, Father Lucifer with the debut of the Steve McQueen bridge, also the debut of the tour, but the debut of the Steve McQueen situation. And she ended the show with Hoitress. Encore 1, She's Your Cocaine Swirl. Encore 2, Sister Janet hotel Mm -hmm. what a show that would have been a great show to release i agree i know everything give it to me mother flying dutchman committed to a wide release disc like that wow
1: set list by committee
0: (laughs) i know you all turned in a set list that night right
1: yeah we did we all agreed on it Mm. couldn't believe it she did it and she
0: did it yeah what were the changes she changed two things right
1: uh she swapped hotel and sister janet minor change and Mind we changed. did include, I think, Tori's choice. Um, we left, yeah, we generally we generously left one <laughs> slot open for her to Good decide. Her. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's really a great
0: gift that you gave her. You're like, just take a load off.
1: Don't trouble yourself. Don't even
0: worry about plenty. Yeah, just have some extra time in the bubble bath.
1: Yeah. And at the time, like, no one had done that before. So, like, granted, it's very, very presumptuous and entitled. But it didn't seem that way at the time because people hadn't done it. And you've
0: been on tour for so long.
1: We had the same thought you did. Like, maybe she'll appreciate us having done this. And we tried very hard to stick to the format of the show. So it wasn't, like, crazy by any means. And there were also a lot of kind of, let's say, outstanding requests by people whose last show that was, including mine. So that's how we pitched it. Like, here's things you we know you've been working on that you've promised people also like now's the time. And boy, did she deliver. She
0: did deliver, good for her. Good for you all for doing that. And it was really just because you'd been on tour for so long, it seemed like a really fun exchange. Yeah. It's almost like fantasy set lists come to life and she's doing her part to make the fantasy set list come to life and you're doing your part by creating it. I don't know, it's like a really great exchange
1: this is the one and only show that I've ever outright sobbed during. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Why is it so hard for you to open your heart?
1: Is there room in your heart? Uh, I opened it that one time, didn't like it, shut, closed. Ah, what's in there? <laughs> a stale little piece of candy corn. Oh. That's all.
0: Cute. If I
1: were to choose a show...
0: I would choose Akron 98.
1: Oh, that's a very good one. You're right. That might actually be the better choice. I don't know.
0: No, no, no. This show, San Diego was great, but Akron 98 was also great for different reasons. But yeah. Yeah. And I'll read you the set list here because that's what this is about. This was November 28th, 1998 at the Rhodes Arena in Akron, Ohio. Precious Things, Hotel, Thoughts. The only time she's ever performed Thoughts. Well, second now, right? The first time she ever performed Thoughts past the Mission, Muhammad My Friend, Girl, Bells for Her, Secret Time was her favorite song to play, Take to the Sky, and Landslide, and The Band Came Back for Purple People, Cruel, Tear in Your Hand, Waitress. Mm-hmm. Encore 1, Cocaine Swirl, Encore 2, Tallulah Black Swan, Encore 3, Mary, Pretty Good Year. Great show. Great show, and I was mistaken. It was. It's still the only time she's played Thoughts
1: to this day uh-huh yeah i thought that yeah i thought it was only once
0: now my second part of the substat question knowing that she was going to put shows together and she's going to pick and choose from a bunch of different shows what would be your to venus and back live still orbiting fantasy set list you have 13 tracks go and then i have one too if you're interested.
1: Of course I'm interested. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. I'm shy. You're shy? Okay, all right. I'll go first. This is David okay. Plugged still Torbiting. <laughs> and that can be Torbiting like Tori or Torbiting, like touring. Eve's choice, listener's choice. All right. Here is my preferred Plugged Live Venus set list. Precious things, I I E sugar. Can we insert the woman screaming sugar here just for me? <laughs> Okay, sugar girl, bells for her. Muhammad, my friend. See, this is where it got. Tri- <gasps> what? That's a good one. This is where it got tricky. I was like, should I do what she did and kind of try to stick with the format of the shows and have two, well, in her case, three, I guess, secret time songs? But I really wanted more band songs included, but I wanted at least one secret time song. So I went with "Smells Like Teen Spirit" because I think mm. that goes well with this kind of raucous plugged t- tour. Yeah. Okay. Smells Like Teen Spirit father lucifer space dog cruel going for broke here horses tear in your hand pretty good year from akron okay what a journey what do you think that's it no waitress nope are you joking nope i'd rather have what i have it's fine are
0: you kidding i know this is the most shocked i've ever been on this podcast
1: i would rather have IAE and cruel than waitress it's just how i feel mm. <laughs>
0: I'm shocked that you would exclude the waitress in favor of Tear in Your Hand, Space Dog, and Girl... Which all basically, you know, I mean, they're great arrangements, but, you know.
1: Space Dog and Girl are two of my favorite Tory songs of all time. And I love Space Dog on the plug tour.
0: Me too. But The Waitress? Okay. Nah. You ready for mine? Yep. Precious Things, Cruel, I.I.E. I I. 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 just want to give it to you straight. Back to back. Dang. Back to back. Nonstop. You are just going for the gut. Then Cornflake Girl and Band Intro. So that's four. Pass the mission because I love that oboe.
1: I had that on here. I ended up taking it off from a hum of my friend. I don't know. Mm, that's a good one.
0: Cautilite Sneeze.
1: Meh. Nah. Tallulah.
0: Whoa. Never knows just what it seems. Tallulah. Sugar, but with crowd noise. Okay. Hotel, The Waitress.
1: Dang.
0: Then, Encore, She's Your Cocaine and Horses.
1: Is it specifically Take It Out and Fuck Yourself, She's Your Cocaine? Oh, it has to be Norlands. Okay. Norlands, 98.
0: Take it out and fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I take it out i love
1: that one i'm equally as surprised by your set list your track list really why mostly when we hit like that little pele soft spot that little pele sweet spot of sneeze and "Tallulah."
0: sneeze lula sneeze lula you didn't love the live versions of Tulula?
1: <laughs> i can't say that i did those are two of my favorite album track songs but not two of my favorite arrangements of those songs so are
3: you kidding
1: i'm not kidding but there was plenty of girl
0: to go around the- I have a treat for you, David. And I have a treat for all of our listeners. We are going to put up our own versions of To Venus and Back Live the way we would have done it. Not that we are anyone, you know, not that we have any say on the matter, but the way as people who followed the tour, some more in person than others, but still people who have, I've spent 25 years, you know how many times I have gone through every bootleg in order? Multiple. Okay. So we're putting up our versions of To Venus and Back Live on our Patreon feed, Patreon Dot com slash songs of Amos, and you can hear what we imagined would have been Venus Live still orbiting isn't that amazing David
1: I know and I love it
0: okay let's talk about some events on the 98 tour that you remember what are some key moments that you remember from the tour that didn't make the live album oh like from and actual not, shows not
1: just events surrounding yeah, the shows
0: n- no not leaving Shaggy to rot in his own sleeping bag at the Murat in Indianapolis
1: but who could forget that yeah Shaggy had a rough time I remember him like throwing up in the street the night before, we were getting sneak preview tickets because yeah. he accidentally ate part of an onion. Um. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because that poor precious babe. It's like so pure. It's so <laughs> the precious cargo. Yeah, it's like oh, I ate a slice of onion. It's a delicate system. Everyone, calm down. For the
0: record, he doesn't just hate onions. He's allergic to them.
1: <laughs> Is that possible? He's definitely allergic to onions. All right, just checking. I feel like a lot of the moments that I'm remembering are completely visual. So they wouldn't be captured in audio, like when I almost pulled Tori to her death, for example.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she kissed you on the lips. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, hot. I'm thinking in particular of Eugene, 98. Speaking of kissing you on the lips, let's just play one of my favorite, one of the wildest things that happened on this tour. Roll it, Ollie. (laughs) What was going on that night? She was high. Was she? Yeah. Really?
1: I know she says she, like, never indulges in substances before a show, but I think there have been a couple of times when she definitely has. And she... I think, well, maybe, I don't know. She asked for it because we were in Eugene, which I guess is like a very potty place. Potty. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to say that. A very... It's a very potty place. <laughs> it's like Boston. A okay. potty. <laughs> it's a very potty place. A marijuana-friendly town. <laughs> yeah. So she asked <laughs> She you. asked for some, I think, from the stage. Yeah. She's like, just leave it here. Yeah. But I also believe that she had already been gifted some and had indulged. And then when I went to talk to her after, she had a margarita blender going. And, like, it was crazy in Eugene. And she kissed you on the lips. I know. Tell it again. I don't know. I went backstage and. They had us like meet her in her dressing room and she like greeted me with a kiss on the mouth and I was like, oh my goodness, this is happening. Wow. I was very nervous and sunburned. I was a mess. I had changed specifically after the being outside in the sun all day at the main greet into a sweater from the Gap, which I thought was like, oh, I'm I'm breaking out the big guns to meet, to meet Tori. I'm putting on like this g- giant heavy knitted sweater in the middle of the summer to talk to Tori. I was very sunburned and that. Yeah, it's not good. And that's when I talked to her about Father Lucifer, and she gave me like you know a very Tory-esque answer about when she was going to perform it.
0: It's so innocent to look back on, right? Yes. Let me tell you, we cannot go this entire episode without talking about sessions. Let's talk about sessions. Let's play our favorite moment. I
4: saw, I saw.
0: About I.I.E. Why wasn't it included? Why was it always up against Cruel?
1: Yeah. Why did
0: she pit them against each other? Why one or the other?
1: Yeah. There were a few shows where she performed both, but usually it was one or the other. Yeah. Yes. I think this was very, very worthy of inclusion on still orbiting and this might be the most shocking omission to me more so than horses even what do you think
0: yeah absolutely iie because of especially because of how if you look at cruel if you look at the blueprint of cruel live and you compare it to the blueprint of cruel on the album it's really not that different well i mean it is fleshed out yes and the drop is heavier and her performance is wilder but the blueprint is the same. I.I.E. adds a whole other section. There's a whole other section that is happening live that's not anywhere on the album. And that go- that section goes on. It's like this whole other bridge moment that like was very, very beautiful. And it seemed to be like the heart of that song that you would want to present that somehow in an official capacity. And I- that's why it was so shocking to me. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't on there. Yeah. But speaking of I.I.E., I want to play this performance. I.I.E. with Band on the Run. I said I November 17th, 1998 in Lowell, Massachusetts. What do you think? Why'd you do that?
1: I don't know. I feel like this came out of like a conversation on the bus.
0: Oh yeah, maybe. It was one time only and I loved it. What'd you love about it? That was it? so good. You didn't like it?
1: I'm just, No, I'm just asking what you loved about it.
0: I loved it. I don't know. It was so unexpected, especially because of how she'd been working that song up. It was just like a complete jarring experience. But also spoke to the sisterhood of the band, or the siblinghood of the band. Spoke to their collaboration and their comfort together. Um, th- that they were a band on the run. <laughs> Back then, 1998, I always looked at Tori through the lens of why can't Tori read. And always suspected that that's what she'd wished she was doing, you know? was like being in a rock band and that her getting to like having to go through this like night of dark night of the soul with the failed yktr into little earthquakes finally working herself up with a the credibility the success to get back to this like leading a band you could just tell how much fun she was having and she had gone through hell to get back to this place where she was playing with other musicians in like a rock way. That's why I really liked Band on the Run. Because mm-hmm. it felt like that was them doing it. They were a band. And then that picture of them that's in the tour book, where they're all like against that brick wall, and they look like a band. <laughs> they were a band. They were a band, but they were like like a band. Like Garbage is called Garbage. Yeah. It's not called Shirley Manson. This is called Tori Amos. So it's not, you know, it's different. And I don't buy PJ Harvey saying, I'm Pauly Jean and my band is PJ Harvey. I don't buy it.
1: If Tori had named this band and it wasn't Why Can't Tori Read or Tori Amos, what would the name of the band have been? Tori and the Merman. <laughs> What do you think? Tori and the Marys. No. She probably it would just be like Magdalene with a period or something. Mag yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But this is what we would name it, not what Tori would name it. So what would you name it? I would name it the Velvets. Ooh. Thank you. Do you think they played this game themselves and some of the names that they came up with ended up as lyrics to Venus? Oh. Like I could see them be like, let's call ourselves Supernova Juice. Oh, that's good. I like that. You're
0: right. That's the new myth. (laughs) That is the canon event What are some other amazing moments From this tour that you want to highlight Before we get into our live commentary track
1: It's hard because you know I can't think of any like real iconic moments That have to do with specific performances But it was always just the steady Reworking of unexpected songs With the band
0: Here's a great performance This is Sweet Dreams from Nashville On August 25th 1998 It's the only time she did it that tour (laughs) So as far as the catalog goes, the stats are she did Waitress 128 times, Precious Things 125 times, Raspberry Swirl 113 times, much to your delight, IIE 110 times, Spark 91 times.
1: Spark was such a big single and was like a little surprised that she didn't include that or Crucify for that matter. Like she really didn't make any effort to come up with a track list that would appeal to a more casual fan. Oh, definitely It's not, not like a live greatest hits which is like what a lot of other artists would have done. So, yeah. Do you think that was an effort to stick it to Atlantic? No, I think she just really wanted to. No, (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe she killed two executives with one stone or something. But I think she just really wanted to honor the tour and more so the fans, but also songs that she had a special connection to. So,
3: yeah. Well, I
0: felt honored.
1: Did you? Good job. Just for you. She did it.
0: She did She's your Cocaine 66 times, Blacked Up January 65 times, Horses 64 times, Liquid Diamond 61 times, Tear in Your Hand 60 times, God 55 times, Jackie Strength 45 times, Hotel 44 times. Hmm. Oh, you know what? That's a lot. I loved Hotel. I love Hotel. Still do. I still do. I never have given up on it. Those are the stats.
1: I would have guessed more for Horses. Oh, yeah, more for horses. And more for Pandora's Aquarium, which we didn't hear. But I would have assumed she did a lot because it often closed the show. Seemed like it did anyway.
0: One of the most interesting things to me on this tour was how often, relatively, she performs Song for Eric. She performs Song for Eric seven times. Wow. Yeah, isn't that wild? She's married to Mark. And Song for Eric always took the final spot of the show mm-hmm. after the show was over it was always acapella at the very end it was either horses or song for eric wild huh
1: she did close with song for eric in vegas she did close with song for eric in vegas yeah is that has she performed song for eric since the plug tour
0: the last time she performed song for eric was eleven twenty one ninety eight, state college pennsylvania roll that oliver whoa Should we take a little break and then come back for our live track commentary?
1: All right. Is there anything else we want to say? Do you want to tell me when and where you were when you first heard what the live was gonna be the official
0: yes i was standing in a record store reading a music magazine no i don't actually remember where i was how did you feel about it that's what i want to know how did you feel about it
1: S- should i tell you when and where i was first i don't know why yeah, you to remember when and where you were yes where i was when well i guess i don't <laughs> <laughs> i was i was in a hotel room with door in between shows having an affair having an affair Fair. Um, yeah, it came out pretty close to the release of the album because we were doing the Venus shows oh she read it online i think anyway when it got posted somewhere or leaked she like shrieked and like read it out loud and i think we were pretty surprised by what was included by what was included and what wasn't
0: yeah what were you most surprised or least surprised with
1: i think i was surprised that space dog was included for some reason that cloud on my tongue and mr zebra were included those don't you know i don't consider those very like representative of that tour and especially when you have limited songs to include several solo songs i would have you know expected more band songs that there were soundcheck versions of sugar and purple people yeah i think a lot of it was surprising but in a good way
0: yeah i'm not going to lie i was a little disappointed but not so disappointed that i wasn't like over the moon i was just disappointed mostly in the iie exclusion me too exclusion.
1: yeah that was the big miss for me yeah
0: i had gotten really high accidentally when i was at a theater party <laughs> So this is an important story in my Tory fandom. And I have to tell you, this is like what makes me feel like that music was there for me in times of struggle. But I had, I never did, I, I would get high here and there, but I would always like fake getting high cause I'm a Virgo and I'm just like afraid of being out of control. Back then I was running lights at the Vortex Theater in Albuquerque and I had finished a show. And then they asked me to do the next show the next weekend. And I didn't know the people that were renting the space, but I said, sure. And I went in and I programmed the lights really quickly. Everything was fine. It was no big deal. So there was a little party after the closing night on Sunday. And someone, and I was so naive, and someone said to one of the directors, Oh, you're going to bring your special brownies to the closing party? And she said, Yes. Oh, it was like cookies. It wasn't brownies. Now that sets me up for being naive. So anyway, there were these cookies there at this party, these <laughs> big cookies. And I ate four, I ate multiple cookies. I think I ate four of them. And I didn't really, you know... I went about my business at the party and then I I rode my bike. This is when I was super fit and I would ride my bike everywhere. And I rode my bike home and halfway riding my bike home, I suddenly felt very, very weird. I didn't realize I was just high. I thought I was dying. So I make it home, I sit (laughs) on my couch, I sit on my couch and I'm trying to lift my hand, like turn on the TV and I turn on the TV and I did not have cable. And I turn on the TV, and there's nothing but snow on the television. And I just like, I'm laying back with my head glued into the couch. I'm like, sunk into the couch. Every ounce of my soul is telling you 100% the truth. I'm glued to my couch, watching the snow. No idea, watching the snow. When all of a sudden bursts on the screen, Tori Amos singing precious things from Sessions at West 54th. It like cut in in the middle of the song and then proceeded to, I proceeded to watch the whole Sessions at West 54th. That's how that was gifted to me in that high state. I was like feeling like I was gonna die. There she was suddenly, and I felt like, oh my God. And it just was like exactly what I needed to calm myself down. Mm -hmm. And I was watching this like incredible performance. So IIE was the second song of that night. And it really meant something to me. (laughs) And I was really
1: hoping to hear it on the album. When she was like, I know you understand the way I feel. Were you like, yes, I'm so high. You get me. (laughs) I was high in that moment watching it when she said, I know you
0: understand, understand the way. Well, then why then why I, 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 I. I I E And I just suddenly realized that I.I.E. is a call to the heavens. It is a call to the gods of why. And I had never understood what I.I.E. was, but it's really just like begging to understand the reasons for something.
1: I legitimately just got a chill as you were telling this story. Really? It's amazing. Yeah. Do you think this might be why? Do you think there's like a little projection going on when you accuse Tori of being drunk when she's talking to David Byrne <laughs> during the interview she's segments wasted. on this performance? She's wasted. Well, you were. Dennis, do you- Dynasty,
0: dynasty, 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 dynasty. I almost
2: became Sammy J. That's not so bad. Oh, okay, thanks. Because I was watching, you know, Dallas or, no, um, dynasty, Uh dynasty.
3: I didn't know that was one of the characters.
2: Yeah, Sammy J. She was Heather Locklear's character. Sammy J. Anyway, I was getting into the Mm -hmm. whole Sammy J thing, and thank God one of my friend's boyfriends came and um, just said, you're a Tory. I went, you know what? You're right. <laughs> she
0: was drunk. And David, if you think she was high because she did "O oh, Susanna, that astounding symphonic performance of "O oh, Susanna that we played earlier, you think mm-hmm. she's high there and you can't accept that she's drunk when she's talking to David Byrne, a contemporary and another, a fellow weirdo. But like, why
1: would she do that?
0: Because they're, like, backstage shooting the breeze after the show. Of course she's had some
1: wine. All right. Wake up, Pollyanna. <laughs> <laughs> Snap out of it. Now, anything else you want to say? <laughs> Probably. This is going to be, like, a five-hour episode. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it in me to edit this. I know. I don't think you should. It'll be loose. No, this is just going to go out loose. Loosey-goosey. Oof. Oh. I'm excited for this commentary to listen. I've never listened to this with, well, anybody. I'm This will be my first time.
0: Oh, my God. We're going to feel so exposed. <laughs> <laughs> From Entertainment Weekly, the review on this double CD, a new studio album plus live tracks, Amos orbits her usual spacey terrain of piano-piled musings, dark beats, and celestial textures. Juarez, where cowboys and Indians, Native Americans, rub elbows with Rastafarians on a fantastical frontier, is the type of fairytale fodder that makes one want to scream Earth to Tori. But Amos's songs remain as majestic as they are mysterious.
1: I remember reading another view. Maybe it was Rolling Stone where they refer to uh, to the guys as Amos's Cracker Jack touring band. And I was like, Cracker Jack? Oh, yeah.
0: Maybe they would have been called the Cracker Jacks.
1: She loses them at the tidal wave.
0: Oh, no, I got one.
1: The peanut butter hands. Ew.
0: <laughs> what? It doesn't mean what you think it means.
1: I don't know what I think it means, but it's gross anyway. Got a peanut butter hand. Behind a do drop in at the do drop off.
0: Let's take a break. And let's come back for our live commentary track. Okay. Okay. Tori Amos live on the world famous K-Rock,
1: 106.7 KROQ. We're doing breakfast with Tori Amos. Should we take a quick break and come back? Uh, Yeah, why don't we do that? Uh, And if you missed it, we'll give you the information again on when Tori is going to be in town back later this summer. We have some more live from the Palace in Hollywood. Coming up next on the world famous K-Rock. And the
2: piano really kind of... You know sat me down and said, "I am capable of playing with other players. I am capable of having to hold my own." And um, I knew we'd have to really practice hard to play with with the caliber of players that I wanted to play with. but there's no there's nothing that gets you off more as a musician than Playing with people that you respect, you know, there's no drug that gives you that, there's nothing. It's just like, I can't wait to play with them tonight. And also what you expected um, your fellow musicians to be capable of when you were auditioning them or hiring them. Well, they have to be (laughs) great. That's number one, and they are. You know, there's a level and then you hope they're nice people. But the, the first thing is, is that, you know, there's just a level of the crew and everybody. We have a commitment to excellence. And sometimes we achieve it and sometimes we don't. But we're here not because, you know, some of us don't quote unquote have to be here to financially survive, but we're here to musically survive. Do you know that like when I lived close by, the greatest dream I had was to play with players where we had the same dream. And, you know, if we weren't playing here today, we'd be at, like, Caden's house tonight playing. It's like we love to play. We play because we love it. That's why we do it. Especially when you're live performing, people say, what do you think about? And the the biggest thing I think about when I'm performing is, how am I going to get this spit out of my mouth? (laughs) Because when you're playing, right, and you're pounding on keys, and you're trying to hit the notes and i have a keyboard on my left and a keyboard on my right and the Bösendorfer is nine feet so you have to pound pretty hard to get sound out of her and so sometimes you're just trying to make sure you hit the right notes and you don't like trip over your chords and everything that's around you and then you're hitting these notes well what are you going to do with that stuff in your mouth <laughs> so these things i mean i know it's not very glamorous but that's what i'm telling you it's that's not very problem. glamorous And so sometimes, you know, you have to heave-ho a little bit on the diaphragm to get that um, sound out. And people think you're, like, five months pregnant. And it's like, no, I just ate post-trio last night. That's what happened. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really into doing my own show. Um, The festivals in Europe are different because when you do Glastonbury, that is... That's sort of like doing Woodstock, you know? every year it's it's a traditional thing that's been going on for years and years and years and years and um... it felt right for me to do it the mixture of men and women interests me the piano and I we've been together a long time now and I really wanted to integrate my instrument with other players. The songs that were coming to me made it very clear to me that this is about a primal rhythm, an internal rhythm. Can they hear us? Do you they can hear
4: us? You're listening to Tori Avis. She's in the middle
0: of a song on the world-famous K-Rock. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry. That's my seat right there. (laughs) Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. That's my seat right there in the middle, right front row center. That's me. Hi, David. You were seated?
1: Yes. This is like you're pressed up against the barricade in the pit, miserable for hours. And then
0: I just came in at the end and took my spot. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. Did you even watch The Devlins? I loved The Devlins. I love The Devlins to this day. Me, too. They could have anything they wanted. Peter or Colin? Or both? Peter. Mm. They could
0: have my entire CD collection. They could
1: have all my newly organized books. Why are you trying to give your crap away to The Devlins?
0: (laughs) I love them. Take it. Here,
1: just take this.
0: (laughs) I have to say, since we're standing here waiting for the show to start, I have to say that she had a string of really attractive openers. So not only was it Jude 99. Mm -hmm. Jude comes around in 99. But you have the Devlins here tonight in 98. I know I'm working backwards. And then Josh Clayton Felt and Willie Porter.
1: Was Willie Porter hot? I don't even remember.
0: Well, he wasn't at my show. So I only saw Josh Clayton Felt okay so uh when is the show gonna get started huh oh 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 my god the lights are oh my god this opening riff i truly used as a mantra in my life like that just that drum beat you know to like ground me center me Oh, it's like an event. It's like the spaceship is taking
1: off. Are you extending your arms out in front of you and like going down to your feet, kneeling? No, I'm 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 the girl in the Bliss video with the two
0: arms in front of me. I think it's Chrissy and I'm just like dancing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's me right now. I still feel a warm glow um, when I listen to this intro.
0: Glow-hawa? A warm glow hawa, because she's pressed up against you behind you?
1: Yes. (laughs) When's Tori coming out? It'll be like at least five minutes. What do you think she's doing back there? And how do you think she gauges like how long to let this go on before she walked out? Well, she's,
0: remember we saw her, she's like praying to Mary Magdalene. We saw that recently on it. Right.
3: Ah. ah
0: Look at her! What is she wearing? An apron. What
1: color? Gold, No silver. this as an opener or Black Dove hells yeah precious things yeah that was too subtle and it's like it's hard to get excited for a new song not that it isn't great but this is like oh shit <laughs> it really was though no
0: you're right and I think that Black Dove on the Ocean to Ocean tour would be really great opener mm. like it's subtle it's dark the things that worked against it in 98 as an opener I think would work for it now I can see that and it's all we know. We recognize it now, so it would be a big crowd pleaser.
4: Can't.
1: Oh my God! This moment when the lights blared white and the fog came shooting out.
0: Uh, the first big rock moment of the night. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you ever? Do you ever listen to Armchair Anonymous? This is not a non sequitur. No. And if I did, I would stay anonymous. <laughs> because um, one of the recent episodes was Surprise Orgasms, and a woman told a story about being pressed up against the barricade at a concert and, like, the vibration bringing her a climax. Oh, I feel like great. that probably happened to several people during the plug tour, <laughs> and maybe I was one of them.
0: Uh, great. Now I have to worry about that,
1: too? <laughs> you mean worry about it not happening. <laughs> I'm gonna be at Red Rock soon.
0: Who <laughs> got hit by hail recently? Now, this?
1: <laughs>
0: Girl. Girl. I love how she rearranged this for this tour. Sick. Best. Tell me why. And I've said it before, I, I'll say it again. I think saying those beautiful boys, those Christian boys, and repeating it, really, really worked up to this moment.
1: (laughs) Christian boys. Yeah, it's so good.
4: Perfect. When
1: she, I think she does perfect she execution, execution. It right there. 10. When Katen comes screeching in, that's the part that makes you. <laughs> 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 makes you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can't whistle. <laughs> 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 that's cute. It's like <laughs> a little. It's like a little grandma with <laughs> <Stop laughs> <laughs> a Makes
3: you.
1: <laughs> 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 this is my favorite part. Where the band drops out and it's just Kate oh, doing yeah. the boom boom bunker. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I haven't listened to this for so long. <laughs> and the lights went out and it was just like the white oh, uh, just pulsing. Yes. Pulse I'm, pu- I'm pulse, pulsing. Pulse, pulse, pulse. pulse. Robbie, Stop it. It's too early for this. <laughs> Is it? Yes, yeah, like I like gotta stand by you this whole show. We've been talking about this for like four hours already. If not now, when? So, what do we think she's singing here? You in my life? You in my heart. You in my head. Heart? Really? I heard heart. My precious thing. A daddy?
0: <laughs> I just was. I was absolved. I was absolved. Of I still what? am absolved every. Of everything, every time I hear this song, this song, everything, this song is amazing. I've never grown tired of it. It's never been bad. It's never been boring. There's never been a bad performance. It's changed over the years. There's never been a bad performance. This and Cornflake Girl, I never grow tired of them. I can let, let, you, let, let you, let you go. go. Yes, my favorite part.
4: Precious. <laughs> Precious. Hey. Hey.
3: Love you, darling!
1: You think she loves me, too? She didn't say love you back. But she's thinking it. Yeah. She has to gather
0: her energy for Cruel. I also think, yeah, my Mark probably cut the mic, god i love cruel it's snarling it's screeching it is it's screeching it's
1: hot dark angel pig latin something something <laughs> so, sir.
0: insert meh It serves to note that both Precious Things and Cruel, although she hasn't listed the songs or where they come from, it's accepted that both Precious Things and Cruel come from the final show in East Lansing on Mm. December 3rd, 1998. And from one Dutch magazine, March 2000, Tori says, the only thing that bothers me is when women are being cruel to other women. They become that way when their inner self is wounded. They're almost not accessible. You can always seduce a man, but a woman will try to break that force. A woman who's harsh is like an animal that kills, like a predator. That's
1: the only thing that bothers her? (laughs) Well, one of the only things in Cruel, in the song Cruel.
4: Um,
0: It's widely accepted that this is from East Lansing, but there's still a question mark. There's some things that don't line up. Really? I think so. You see the question mark? Definitely.
1: Yeah. There there was a call to Bernie's Lansing to the ground. Why? By the fans. Why? Because we were upset about the tour ending, and there was, like, a lot of momentum building up to the show because of the expectations we had following Boulder, so we were just like, yeah, Bernie's Lansing to the ground. <laughs> It's not
0: Use Lansing's fault. You got to hit? You're like an LA Lakers fan when they win <laughs> and
1: they like, rip everything to shreds. Yeah. It's like, wait, you won. Can you imagine you if our response to Pandora's Aquarium was just burning down a city? <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> I stole a Sony.
0: You like you like rip your shirt off and you paint your whole body. Yeah, (laughs) you just paint it blue for the water. That
1: woman, the screeching sugar woman, would definitely oh had to note the drop. She would burn a city to the ground after a Tory show. Winona Ryder. Right Winona right up.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've always admired her, her capacity and her fearlessness in her stage performance. Mm-hmm. She's not afraid of going there and that's what I like that's what I really
3: like yeah you go I I
1: kind of feel like this moment is why she included cruel and not Iie because she wanted to showcase this prowess exactly her vocal prowess yeah, probably These high notes She was like, yeah, sounds good
0: And plus, this is way more of a rock song So it's it goes against everything that then you would IAE. expect I.I.E. Like, yeah, like, this is intense In a way that I.I.E. is It's sad, it's beautiful, but it's not as intense mm-hmm. It's not like as rock and roll is this so the this little mermaid on acid right
1: now? Is this the moment?
0: Maybe. Yeah, I think this goes against anything that anybody would consider Tori
1: Amos. If they were to pick up the live album, they'd be really surprised. But that's what like uh, a regular. God. That's what's so annoying to me. One of the things. <laughs> Unlike Tori, a lot of things bother me. Like this is who <laughs> this is who Tori is. Yeah. But no one was paying attention, and why she had this reputation as this whimsical kind of. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah.
3: Tear it out
0: and tear it out and tear it out. it. All I can think of at this moment is the Jules Holland like zoom in on her face, yeah. which is like wide-eyed. She's like, "Oh." I just did.
1: <laughs> I just did it. Maybe we should be on Zoom for this.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes. I see. You.
1: Get all the girls on Zoom, darling.
0: Framarai Carrie, darling, fancy darling, festive makeup, festive darling.
1: I love these transitions into band introductions when she'd be like, screeching, tortured soul, and then two seconds later, hey everybody, how's it going? It's like, um, you I tell know. you tell me. <laughs>
0: I know. That last show, or I think it was maybe even New Orleans, where "She's Your Cocaine" is like the second song. She's like freaking out at the end, and then she goes, "Hey everybody, how's it going?" She even laughs at herself a little bit. You can hear it, and <laughs> she's like, "Hey everybody, how's it going?" Hey everybody, how's it
3: going? And it was
0: always it like is. that. Hey
1: everybody, how's it going? Every time. Some of you know. Is that why you introduced the show with "Hey everybody"? <laughs> Hey,
0: yeah, it's 100%. I've adopted that. So when I was an usher greeter at the Arclight when I first moved to LA and I had to yes. speak in front of crowds, mm-hmm. I grounded myself by saying, hey, everybody, how's it going? <laughs> so dumb.
1: That's the way I always feel like I'm good hands with you. You're like, I'll be standing oh, off to the side through the credits and the trailers to make sure that everything yeah. is up to Arclight and Drive All Night standards.
0: The picture, sound.
4: You your life is and you try and prove the realm you swear to christ she won't all on your life she won't but it seems to go wrong you swear to christ she won't all on your life she will
0: this is like the final tour for this song, before it changed to what? To the piano intro. Hmm. Starting in '99, she would do this on the piano. Remember?
1: She would try to she's approximate to the jangly guitar on the piano. What?
0: Still, yeah. Starting in '99, she's and ever since then, she's done it. Always on the piano. Yeah. And I think she was decentralizing Caton's contribution because it was probably an issue between them. That's what I think.
1: Didn't she do that on Do Drop In, though? No. Are you sure? He, he, had
0: the, he had the little guitar intro. I know,
1: but I thought at a certain point she started adding the intro. No, she was too busy dancing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe.
0: She just. She just lost herself.
1: Hands down, far and away, my favorite arrangement of Cornflake Girl ever. Which one? 96? Do you Drop In,
0: yes. Oh, 99 for me, baby.
1: 99, really?
0: That performance that she did, I think it was on Good Morning America or whatever, in 99. Mm-hmm. The first time she debuted that, like,
3: ding, 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 ding.
0: Like, when she debuted that on national television, I was jaw to the ground. Jaw to the ground (laughs) I'm not kidding Cornflake girl has never surprised me Not like that
1: Would you be mad if these days she changed it to gone to the other side with my wikipedia? No, I would love it. You would?
0: Hell yeah, I would. These chains, they! Not again! Language is fluid. Hug Mary kill precious cruel cornflake. Did you say hug?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. dear God, hug. why? Hug Mary kill. There is a parental advisory on this. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I was distracted by the use of the word hug. Hug Mary kill who? Precious cruel and cornflake girl. Um, I guess I would hug precious because she needs it. Oh, you're so right. Um, I guess I have to kill Cruel and put her out of her misery. I, like, you don't want to be married to that for the rest of your life and marry Cornplay <laughs> girl. Yeah, I guess you're right.
0: I think I'd set out to hug Cruel,
1: and then she would try to kill me so I'd end yeah. up having to kill her. That sounds right. Yeah. She killed Cruel in self-defense?
3: Ow. Whenever Ow. she asks
0: me... Whenever she asks me where I put the keys when she's performing this live, <laughs> I'm there. I always pull out my hotel room key. And it's oh, like my God. A car now.
1: <laughs> do you have so any dumb. other trademark moves that you do in your car when it's just you listening to Tori? For this song? For any song. Um, I can't
0: think of any, but... Oh, I'll always double play. I'll do a dual manual if how Knees comes mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Like one... One hand playing my steering wheel, one hand playing, like, the spot right in front of my, uh, speedometer.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you
1: ever, like, beat on your chest on this part, like she does in the video? No. Not while I'm driving. Not while you're driving. That would be unsafe. Safety first. I pull over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no matter where I am, I just veer right. onto the shoulder and start playing my body. Play my body, the fat on my body. There's no shoulder here, but I've got one.
0: <laughs> See, I m- I much miss the. I can't roll my r's, but yeah, as opposed to you can't to the... whistle or roll your r's. What good are you? <laughs> I know. Wait, I much miss the huh, like when she would do the huh, like she got punched a... in the gut. Yeah, because I could do that sound. I can't do the roll in the R. <laughs> that reveals so much to me about the song. Like your heart and you swear there's a heart, but where'd you put the keys, girl? To the heart, to your heart. Mm. Open your heart. That's how I take it, always. And that started at the end of the Do Drop In Tour, too. so looking at your so that song no one knows where cornflake girl came from it's unknown to this day and that's because there's some bootlegs that are missing so we can't actually compare it entirely and it's so similar a lot of the times it would be difficult yeah it'd be very difficult and i don't think she's above splicing the intro with a different performance so and that intro we can't find anywhere on the surviving bootleg anyway Mm. so it's unknown but I do notice that you keep bells for her on your imagined set list I did what about this song do you love
1: this arrangement I think bells for her is always good live, but that it went from kind of you know the prepared upright to the harpsichord with the wailing at the end to this kind of more subdued kind of horrorish dirge I just love it Viciously absent from your setlist. What does that mean?
0: Um, nothing I had it originally and I and when I was reading out the setlist, I replaced it with Tallulah As I was speaking it because Bells for Her, I love Bells for Her I could listen I said it before I can listen to this in a loop for like all night while I sleep and it would just be perfect um, but for me it's not showy. It's not showy enough for the band. Like, it shows a different side of the band, I guess. A more subdued, like what they can do with atmospherics. Which would be great if the live album itself were double disc. If there were two, you know, like rock and roll. Or rock and ambient, you know. Oh, we should do that. She it, should do that.
1: It just seems so unexpected. And it presented itself pretty early. Like for a song to be arranged for the band, you wouldn't have guessed this, at least I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have either, but it makes total sense because it was itself,
0: like, it had such a wild arrangement. It was one of the first to be arranged for harpsichord. It was one of the first to be arranged for the band. So it's like ready to party, you know? It's like the girl that's always ready to go out. She's there with bells on.
3: Yeah. Oh my god! Hey! hey.
1: This she performance is a party girl from, She's like you can't stop it girl. You can't stop the rock
0: It's coming <laughs> This performance is allegedly From November 15th, 1998 In Amherst, Massachusetts hmm.
1: bongos that are from like a 90s fitness infomercial I was just thinking about
0: Ash Soen and his rain stick
4: his
1: natural wonder stick yeah
4: I'm thinking
0: like if you follow it into there's actually what's interesting to me that's popping out in a way that it's never popped out to me before is where'd you put the keys to your heart And then you have her face and her eyes, but you are not her. And knowing that the next song is girl, she's been everybody else's girl. There's like an actual through line.
1: That includes Cornflake girl.
0: That also includes, yeah, Cornflake girl. Where'd you put the keys girl to your heart? Mm -hmm. It starts in Cruel even. She sold her soul at the beginning of Cruel. What's interesting about music? (laughs) Tell me. Is that like, I can almost guarantee you that Tori Amos is not herself right now, not thinking about this performance of Bells For Her. (laughs) She's probably not thinking about the 98 Plug Tour performance of Girl. Yet here we sit, (laughs) still mesmerized and still touched by it. All these years later, and it's committed to record, and it happened, and that's what music is. It's but a moment, it's but fleeting. Hug Mary Kill, bells for her girl, and cornflake girl.
1: Bells for her girl, cornflake girl. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to figure out how to answer this. I really answer it as if they're people and not just songs that I like. How should I? How should I respond? Um. I guess really as songs, I would. Hug Oh gosh I guess I would hug Cornflake girl Marry girl And kill bells for her As song. Sorry What about you
0: I would marry bells for her Cause she'll always She's a constant She's like a constant rhythm you know she doesn't change she changes and she grows and she learns but she's unwavering you know what i mean like the rhythm of her
3: this and then specific like
0: version just in general just in general because she she, re- she she gets this like sort of repetitive loop thing you know
3: that's very makes, tranquil makes for very- a great
0: marriage no, it's good. It's like she'll always be there for you. She'll be there. Okay. And then I would hug girl, because again, I think she needs it, and I mm-hmm. have to feel conflicted, girl. All right. This performance is from November nineteenth, nineteen ninety-eight, in Durham, New Hampshire, supposedly.
1: Do you think she didn't list the cities to preserve the one continuous show illusion or because she would have had to pay the venue some sort of rights to use something recorded? <laughs> no. Or both. Are you I sure? Th- no. I don't think so.
0: That would be silly.
1: That impacted legs and boots. They couldn't record all of them. Yeah.
0: No, you're right. You're right. Oh, Always think of Danica, my our friend Danica. When I hear "girl," me too. Oh. You can visit Danica's website, Tiny Bones and Things, on Instagram. She sells jewelry and home decor made out of ethically sourced animal bones.
2: She's one of my best friends of all the songs, and um, she uh, just didn't want to be on any of the records. She was supposed to be on um, Pele.
1: She told me to fuck off. And then God, rude. She, uh, Best friend told you to fuck shirt, off. Sort of
2: kind of. <laughs> and then she said, you know, no. 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 And then
1: uh, she decided <laughs> she liked being Doing that
2: so I play her a lot. And um, this is sort of my goodbye
0: to you. Remember when the song was fully formed in 96? Nope. It was a gorgeous time. It was a gorgeous time.
1: No, I do not. You don't remember that? No. Don't remember things that never happened.
0: It's curious how you can just forget things and call yourself a journalist. You were here for this performance, right? Did you yes. cry? No. Because you finally got cooling. Stop. Because you f- you'd been asking for it. You asked for it. A- Hadn't. What are you talking about? You asked for it at the meet and greet of Boulder 96.
1: Two years prior. So what, David? You suddenly didn't like the song anymore? Well, then she never stopped playing it, so I didn't have to ask for it. And I, yeah. (laughs) It lost its luster. The studio version clearly recorded after. '96. Yeah, no. (laughs) No. Doesn't have the same magic for me. Sorry. Peggy got a message
0: for you. And it's that she was recorded in 96
1: You don't You're not back on your bullshit Are you? Oh my god Don't speak to me that You gave that up (laughs) Not in my house
0: (laughs) No I don't I agree with you I believe that it was uh, Done in 98 It's fine It's
3: fine (laughs) I just like (laughs) to
0: I just like to cause controversy I like to start A debate
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But Sometimes I think about these conversations when I'm, you know, driving on dark roads at night and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? These are the things that I'm invested (laughs) in. I'm just like screaming into the voice. Yeah. (laughs) You and me? Yes. Our hour long conversation about whether we should call Tori mom or not is not worth it to you? No, that's no, that's a good one. But but I mean like how, how mad I still get about the idea of people like really doubling down when we have so much evidence to the contrary about when cooling was recorded and they're just like, (laughs) no.
0: This is life, baby. This is real life, baby. (laughs) Love it or leave it. (laughs) So I think this ocean is wrapped around that pineapple tree is a sexual reference. Someone said that to me and blew my mind. That's all.
1: Everything is a sexual reference.
0: You're wrong. <laughs> we read it about it on the wrap-up, remember? For so is the pineapple tree
1: like a pineapple tree? Yeah, if you want to be so crass. And a lady is an ocean to ocean? My Yeah, my warm little wet. ocean. So yes, that's what I think. All right. Yeah, it's like vacation sex. I like when you don't agree with something and then you say, all right. That's, that's not... Is that what I do? All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. all right. What should I do instead?
0: I wholeheartedly disagree with you and want to continue arguing. <laughs> that's what you should say. You don't really want that. No, I don't like to argue. Especially when I'm right.
1: So instead you want me to say, you're right. All right.
0: You're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, for those that weren't there, this was taken from the December 3rd, 1998 East Lansing, Michigan performance, which means that of the six tracks we've heard so far, one, two, three come from that final show. At
1: least. At least.
0: Can we harmonize with her? Can we try harmonizing with her? Come on.
3: Cooling.
0: <laughs> Come on. What does she say there? Sid? What does she say there?
3: Cooling. I don't know how to
0: harmonize. <laughs> I don't know how to harmonize. Um. That's good. Next up, we have Mr. Zebra from October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety eight in Dayton. Mm. Dayton. Bing. Uh,
4: hello, Mr. Zebra. Can I have your sweater? Cause it's cool, cool, cool in my home. I was
0: also really upset right that Carlite sneeze was not on geez. this. Really? Yeah. I, I, yes. Yes I was and so was the rest of the fandom. No they weren't. Yes we were. I hurt myself today. You never could. You never, you never did. did. Yeah fellow shit. Fell shit. Oh god. You don't want that on this? Yeah. No. No it would have been amazing.
1: Cutlight sneeze has never worked live, sorry to say.
0: I think you're wrong. I think you're very wrong. It's never worked like it worked in the studio, like similar to that. But it has worked. It works.
4: It works.
1: Smoiled. Do you think much like including way down is like throwing some crumbs to Pele for Pele? Crumbs for Pele. That's a good title. She was like, ugh. I'll throw Mr. Zebra on here because I got a little bit of room, and I'm rejecting Pele, but I got to include something.
0: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think she even said that, like she wanted to wait use every second on that record, right? Like every possible bit. On this record? Yeah, like it's packed. Mm-hmm. It's like stuffed. There's not a single second. You couldn't fit any more music on there.
1: Well, to be fair, half of it is oh. devoted to the intro to Precious Things. <laughs> the waitress. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me
4: with you, Bonio. I said I don't need much to keep me warm. i down. Stop now. What you doing? What you doing?
0: This performance is also from October 27th,
1: 1998 in Dayton. I would have made it a triple, double live album in Venus.
0: Yeah, I definitely would have too. But also, like, I really liked the idea that she seemed to have been going with, where the B-sides were solo songs. So I didn't think that a record needed solo songs. But I understand the perception of Tori Amos and... If we ever went to a concert where she wasn't, where she didn't do at least one solo song, we would flip. <laughs> right? Is that yeah. why? Yeah. I think she would include, yeah. She could not include a solo song.
4: Got a clown sleeping.
0: Picture the tattoo when she says I'll be wearing your tattoo.
1: Um, like behind her earlobe. Really? Kinda.
3: Oh, cute. It's
1: like a little kind of secret something. Well, what about you? I feel
0: like metaphorically it's in her heart. I'll be wearing like your imprint oh, in my yeah, heart. Oh yeah, like had to no, But if I had to like pick a tattoo, it'd be like on her bicep. <laughs> really? Like the...
1: like, the new music is coming soon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, like in Pele
0: promo. No, like Butch. I'm not into that. <laughs> like, I'm trying to appeal to the gay market, <laughs> and it's like a tribal tattoo. <laughs> mm. Yeah, or a tram stamp. Nope.
1: But we hear it sizzler when they're closing up <laughs> For like one more plate We never met a sizzler
0: We didn't shut down
1: <laughs> Also since I moved to Saratoga I have shut down the Cheesecake Factory At least twice with door
0: <laughs> Oh my god Thanks for the no invite
1: joke We're like we're the only ones still in here The lights are going out <laughs> I want to go You should come Well... we get in over the bridge here? Or under the bridge rather? No, no under no. the
0: bridge on this record. He and you and he and we, she, me. <laughs> oh, you know what this you know what this crowd needs is to sh- disappear <laughs> entirely. <laughs> Wish granted. Thank you. This crowd is too noisy. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this rendition of Sugar. What All did right. you think when you heard it for the first time?
1: Um. Huh. Huh.
0: This song has meat. Huh. It's got muscle, power, gravitas, bootay. This song had a steak for dinner. (laughs) Uh, How was it cooked? Medium well. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This song had an IPA at the precinct before coming out. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Uh. I just want a fist bump. I'm surprised that we didn't play this earlier in the episode but my favorite parts of Sugar evolving to what it became is the is the sections where she works it out you know like where it wasn't like so clean because once she found it it's not really changed since yeah then, and it's that's clean true. but w- w- in the getting there you see her process a lot more and I really like Sugar specifically getting there she even drops the F word in one performance Sally. Yeah, the F. Not Why the Why is she F, trying the, so hard? Not the F, like, F-U-C-K
1: word, like the. Right, F the F-slur, other one.
0: The F slur for the gays.
1: I'm here for a different the time. studio version. It was a different time. The studio sound check In answer to. <laughs> no. For the China B-side studio version in an answer to your question. Really? Yes. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Yes, it is. <laughs> why? Tell me why. I do feel like it's kind of trying too hard. I have a hard time, kind of accepting the plotting heaviness. Like the tempo is too slow for how heavy they're trying to make it, sugar? and it's just yes. What? And it's like of all the songs, sugar doesn't need the boom, boom. It's like okay. What are you talking about? I think about? the studio version is perfect, and this is just like a little silly for me.
0: I think this is the definitive version I love it I think this is one of her defining live songs Sugar's riding off on her motorcycle (laughs) I'm jumping on the back we're taking off our shirts and
1: throwing them behind us. Wow! Yeah, Sh- Sugar's like taking off with KT Tunstall.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm actually like maneuvering myself around the front of Sugar <laughs> so that I could be to ride held. on her handlebars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, to ride on her lap as we ride off into the sunset. <laughs> Like in can Buy Me Love, remember? Yeah. When she's on the tractor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm in like a sidecar with a scarf and little goggles with my knees up to my chin, and I'm like, let's go. You're like, the tempo's not fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my scarf can barely pick up the breeze. It's true.
0: Nary a ripple. <laughs> this is from the November 10th, 1998 Binghamton, New York soundcheck. How do we know that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I know that these were all discovered 20 years ago
1: I'm getting a little lonely do you think we should bring the audience back
0: uh, yeah I appreciate that she pulled us to the back for this private performance of this I know song, um,
1: but. imagine doing this to like an empty arena.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we should go back to the crowd. They, <laughs> They're like they held facilities our facilities people seats sweeping for us. up popcorn.
1: They're like, good God, calm down.
0: Oh, uh, it feels good to be back here on this side. <laughs> this is November 29th, 1998, in Columbus. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: No, this is the day after Thanksgiving. Mm hmm. Oh, wow that's impressive she had like a full Thanksgiving dinner and then she launches into little earthquakes with those three bridges mm. she's probably fine here we go again she did that's the turkey fine. trot.
0: she performed on November 28th 1998 the best show of the tour in my opinion Akron, Ohio 1998 I mm. said it before I'll say it again to anyone who listens
1: How do you feel when people cheer to the first line of a song when it's like been clear for five minutes what it is? I remember that there's people in
0: the audience who don't live and breathe Toremus and have not yet identified the song. And not everybody has instant recall like we do. (laughs) And then I pity them. (laughs) It's the most annoying thing, but me and Michael play, like, who can name the song first when we're at concerts?
1: What happens to the loser?
0: <laughs> oh. Nothing, shame, regret, mm. embarrassment. You know, after doing this episode with you... I recall having my eyes opened, even though this was like three or four years ago now, I recall having my eyes opened to that it was about like friendships falling apart. Like as simple as that, you know? This like song. Your world Yeah, like your world being shattered, your friendships falling apart. Not just romantic love, but your friendships too. Do you remember talking about that?
1: I do, and I I know that's a piece of it, but I have a hard time reducing it to just that when I think about (laughs) how you didn't back then. How angsty, give me life, give me pain, give me myself again is. It's like whoa. That just goes back to me being dead inside. I know. What's
0: wrong with you? I don't think the
1: end of any friendship would have me screeching, give me life, give me pain, again to the heavens. I can vouch. Can vouch. I think it's about more than that. But yeah, certainly a piece of what inspired it. I've had some pretty brutal break, frame
0: breakups recently. I'm listening. You don't ha- no, you don't have to. Um, this isn't my therapy session. Oh. <laughs> uh, Not the size of the earthquake. (laughs) Motion of the ocean.
1: There was a little earthquake when I was in LA. I predicted it too. Really? This (laughs)
0: last time when you weren't speaking to me for some reason? Yeah. That's the second that's the third time in a row you've come to LA (laughs) while I've been here, and you haven't said hello. I'm not joking.
1: That's not true. Audience.
0: It is true. And I told you before
1: and you said you were gonna be in Portland and I told you when I was gonna be there.
0: No, but I came back on Monday and you left yesterday.
1: Yesterday was Monday
0: Yesterday was Saturday So I was here a whole week Overlapping
1: with you Okay, well you didn't fall for it But I tried <laughs> Rude It was a miscommunication And I'm not happy about it I
0: sound pretty happy about it I don't, do I? Yes I can't reach you, David Shut away just like you are Mm. What does she
1: say here? You're such what a whiner. Watch now. I think I shoulda watch you now.
0: Naysayers in our lives who have, like, we've encountered along the way who've not liked Tori Amos, whether they're friend, you know, people that we know in our lives, they just need to give themselves to how fun she is to sing with. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> She's fun. It's fun.
3: Give her, my <laughs>
0: It's fun. It is fun.
4: Give me my
0: Everybody should sing with us. Let's all sing.
4: Life.
0: Come on, David. Sing with us. Come on, audience. Uh, give, give me myself, myself honey, Give me <laughs> Oh, my God. How fun is that? That we had a blast.
1: <laughs> cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs>
1: Quality content that we're producing No, this moment. People are gonna hate this <laughs> if they even <laughs> listen to it. <sighs>
3: oh.
1: Presentatory would sing Little Earthquakes. I know! She's slowly becoming Moira Rose. These little earthquakes. <laughs> Doesn't take much, does it, Alexis? Alexis.
4: (laughs) Uh, I like when
1: she grudges. Uh, Uh,
4: When she vocal uh, fries.
1: This is so, like, Uh, call to prayer.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very much that. I'm sorry. Little Earthquakes is always good. I generally prefer my earthquakes at the top of the show. Me too. Yeah. I think it sets up a really nice show. It's very odd, after all these years, to hear it back at the end of the show. I like it as an opener. uh, Yeah, me too. I don't listen to this album that often, do you? Venus Live? Yeah. Nope. Nope. This is Space Dog from an unknown city, date, and time. Never found because of the missing boots. Okay. On the count of three, name the person you think of when you think of Space Dog. One, two, why? Okay. one. One, two, three. Nick. Noah. Pavlov. Oh, Nikki. Nikki Pavlov. Wait. Hey, you need your Mr. Microphone. You need to cool it. She said somewhere before that she included this song because husband liked it. This was his favorite on the tour. This was my first favorite choice song, after Upside Down. You even had a screen name, right? Space Person was my dent forum's name and then here's space dog with my email it's still active if you want to email me here's space dog at aol.com I don't ever check check it
1: no (laughs) sometimes what if Tori's emailing you there and she's like I'm ready to come on the show I I sometimes check it when I need like a
0: password for something because it's connected to things that I can't change Wow. a couple things I can't change so bow 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 I love that like knock and breath in It's like perfect It's like And it's like a showy breath It's not like just her breathing But like her making sure you hear that she's breathing
1: She's making a whole (laughs) thing out of it Yeah It's like performative breathing Well she did say she wanted to release a live album Before she needed an oxygen machine next to the piano So she's like really Demonstrating her lung capacity That's true (laughs) I can breathe all the way in All the way This is one of my favorite moments In Tori's body of work
4: Mold
1: down to a tree. i something I said. Do the backing vocals. Oh, okay, how's it go?
0: Well, we already missed
3: Hold
0: it. <laughs> Did we miss it? So sure those Those girls are now in the Navy. Close. Those bombs are friends. (laughs) Can't even hurt you now. Those hold those tears, cause they're still on your side. Uh, don't eat, don't say you know? Oh fuck! Andromeda, Andromeda, Andromeda. I got lost.
3: <laughs>
0: but I don't like how you left me out there to dry. What? Yes, you what did, sing you with did me. it.
1: I oh. wanted to hear your beautiful voice. Thank you. Alright, settling kids. It's gonna be a long oh, nine minutes. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. I'm
0: sorry. It's the best nine minutes of every show. Bow Bow. And I'm glad she's performing it occasionally on the new Ocean to Ocean tour. Bow, bow, wah bow bow wah wah, wah wah. This is what that this song needs a wah wah pedal. <laughs> wah, wah, wah 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 wah,
1: wah. Right? You can hear it. There is a thing, sorry, yes I can't hear it. There's a thing that happens where a song that has disappeared for a long time will randomly play during the last show of a tour and then suddenly it's a staple. Like what? Give me an example. Like the waitress, she played in Boulder, and we were like, what the hell? She hasn't played this the entire Dude oh, Drop In tour. Oh, yeah, yeah, Boulder Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then Juarez, at the last show of the Native Invader tour, suddenly became the standard opener oh. for Ocean to Ocean, the first lake. You're right.
3: I think I think two examples
1: 20 years apart. A couple other examples that I can't think of right now, maybe, but. Fine. fine. Okay, twice. Fine, it happened. fine, fine. But it's noteworthy.
0: No, I believe. I think Parasol in 2011 became yeah. the opener in 2014, yeah. favorite performance of this is obviously buffalo 99 <laughs> lady in the white shirt do you fucking mind
1: <laughs> what do you think about white tour merch um like t-shirts yeah I
0: don't, I can't wear white t shirts personally, so I don't ever buy white tour merch. I don't, it's just it's a Such sad a bad fact. idea.
1: Like, particularly in the 90s, there was always like a beefy, thick white tour <laughs> shirt that like yeah. instantly yellows the second you wear it. Yeah.
0: But I don't buy white t-shirts. The only person I've ever bought a white t-shirt for is Macy Rodman, because she sells most of her shirts in white and I want them just to have them and support, but I don't. I can't wear white. I need everything in black. Extra large, triple X. Tori being a Karen by wanting to start a fight with this waitress. She's basically asking (laughs) to see the manager, yeah. Yeah, right? I would love for this song to be rewritten in the Karen era. (laughs) So I want to speak
1: to the manager. (laughs) I've been waiting a year for my dinner to come out. (laughs) Should we talk about the controversy of doing hang yes. loose to hang ten? What? What controversy? You know, when we would all like do the hang ten motion to this. Yeah. But yeah. that's really the symbol or the hand gesture for hang loose, there's no hang ten. <laughs> oh, is that true? Yes. Oh my God! This is the first time hearing about this. Uh, We're like, (laughs) we know, we know, but we're not gonna like show her our feet. That would be disgusting. So we're gonna do hang. Oh
0: my God! Do you remember how Hang Ten
1: started? I don't remember how it started. No, do you? No. No. Would you rather hang ten or land the eagle? Hang ten.
0: While Lisa B. I want Lisa B. to forever be landing the eagle. When I expire to on my dying day, I want my last vision to be Lisa B. landing the eagle in Tampa 2002.
1: (laughs) That's how she's gonna sail you home.
0: Oh, sail me home. I'm gonna go where she goes.
1: Oh honey? Oh honey. How do you think she decided to bring this back? How
0: do you think she decided to invent it? That's what I'm curious. <laughs> like, where did this Hang 10 end, end outro come from? Hang 10, I believe in peace. I believe she's the devil's bitch. All this. Where did this come from? I don't know. This came this came fully formed night one. Not fully formed. It evolved, obviously. But the Hang 10 stuff was already didn't there. It didn't evolve that much. evolved that much. It did, like that's this part right here that she just broke into, this part grew and grew and grew. But that hang ten part was always there. Because remember, she would just like go off sometimes.
3: I believe in her goodness. I believe in her darkness.
1: We got at least one I believe she killed her husband. Right? I remember that. Yeah. How do you think my parents were reacting to this at the plug show that they went to? This moment, are they like, all right.
0: <laughs> um, your dad was probably fine. <laughs> your mom was probably confused.
1: Confused?
0: Yeah. Like, why? Why like, are we going to We this?
1: miss Neil Diamond. Yeah. Barry Manilow. What show did they go to? Um, the first LA Greek. Oh, okay. So it was a, it was relatively tame.
3: Mm-hmm. Rel-
0: not for their standards, but
3: uh-huh.
1: she dropped an F bomb.
0: Here we go.
3: <laughs>
0: when you told me that, it blew my mind. <laughs> I thought she was just wait hey, 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 the whole time. I didn't realize she was saying
3: wait, dress.
0: How did you learn that? I listened. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it! You think you're better than me? No, because you have but ears. When I,
1: but when I said it, you could hear it, right?
0: Yes, I heard it when you pointed it out. You think you're better than me? Because you Listen. That was from December 3rd, 1998, East Lansing. Therefore, it was the last waitress that she did that tour. And that is unadulterated final crowd noise. How did you feel about it immediately coming back? I loved it. On the it. five and a half weeks tour. No, no, no. Because remember, I didn't do as many 98 shows, but I did a ton of 99 shows. And I was so glad to see it a million times. A million times. Give it to me. I, I would. I wish that she never took it away. I wish that it had never left in the Scarlet's Walk era. You know, I know now, looking back, it doesn't fit the vibe. But, like, Dave Matthews' band will grow a song and grow a song. And, like, it doesn't change from tour to tour. Like, they don't just take it back to square one, you know what I mean? The way she did with Waitress in 02. When she only played like, two or three times that tour. I think it was not even 02, it was 03. But it went back to square one.
4: Well, now it's pee-pee time pee pee
0: time you can't pee at the last song it's only on purple people oh I thought <laughs> so you may have to go to the bathroom
1: <laughs> this is from an unknown sound check by the way and it is heartbreaking to me that's an overstatement I was trying to think of a better way to put it so we'll go with heartbreaking or upsetting to me that this has become the de facto version and she's like forgotten that there's a studio version and this is what shows up it's only been released on the spark single yeah,
0: like on the on a piano. This is what pops up, right? Yeah. Although this is a great version, but it's not the original. You can't get it streaming anywhere, right? Nope. Well, I think that's on YouTube, but. <laughs> Hug, Mary kill Precious things Waitress, cornflake girl Three staples
1: Hug, Mary kill mm-hmm. Precious, waitress, cornflake girl Yeah Oh gosh Kill the waitress Cause you know Um m- Mary, precious things Hug Cornflake girl Cute Yeah
4: Cute You go
0: I would marry Precious, hug waitress, kill cornflakes.
1: Hug Mary, kill Mary, Mary Jane, Marys of the sea. Mary Marys of the sea. I would hug
0: Mary, <laughs> and I would kill Mary Jane. Yeah. Bah-ha. To you, for me. Well, this has been an exhilarating concert. (laughs) (laughs) What's been your favorite moment of the night? I'm glad for this opportunity to take it down a notch, though. Me too. Everybody's left the building except for us, and she's performing this final song for us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I think my favorite moment was doing sing alongs with you. That's several moments, but. Oh. I like the waitress singing along to Cruel and Cruel in general. Heels, Heels. Ew. Heels. Darling.
3: <laughs>
1: she kind of sounds like Miss Prissy or Miss Priss. The chickens, Miss Miss the Priss. Looney Tunes chicken, the white chicken and the little blue bonnet. When she sings uh, Cruel, cool, she's like,
0: Heels, Heels. <laughs> I can be cool, darling.
1: <laughs> heels. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like a good note to go out on if you've never heard (laughs) any of our live (laughs) commentary
1: tracks don't go by this
0: right don't go by this but we do them to live videos to bootleg videos and they're on our patreon feed patreon.com songsoftoramus where you can find all kinds of additional content bonus content at all different levels If you really like what we do Follow us on social We have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook At songs of Tori Amos and all of them You can email us, songs of Tori Amos at gmail.com You can leave us a voicemail 323-296-9955 And you can sign up For our very, very Sporadic newsletter uh, At our website, songs of Toriamus.com. And most importantly, you can sign up for our Patreon At patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos, And that's it that's all we have we are done with to venus and back still orbiting now we can finally go to that carnival we got tickets for hey okay. all of this is there for
1: you for her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's the first thing you're gonna do when you get to the carnival oh my god get a fried oreo
0: oh my god that sounds actually really good that beats my answer
1: yeah or a fried, gonna... Twinkie. A fried something fried everything
0: Oh fried everything. I remember when our friend Glow had a fried party and she was frying Twinkies. It was Ugh. so disgusting. Why is that disgusting? Fried Twinkies? Uh-uh, We're literally
1: yucking other people's yum.
0: No, you're right, but
1: you're right. You're right. My bad.
0: Eat those fried Twinkies all you want, everybody. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yuck anyone. Just cuz you raw dog
1: your Twinkies. Ew.
0: <laughs> <I> sure do. <laughs> Anyway, um, thank you for listening to our Venus season. I'm happy to be moving towards the future.
1: Towards slowly but
0: surely. Slowly but surely. You can also listen to our other shows, Never Shut Up, and Tour All Night. And we'll talk to you next time. See you at the carnival, David. See you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.
4: He called me up And said that she has needs I said you'll find them on, on, on a floor He said I need a lord That's not the problem You better keep this from your Oh hoo chee Woman Oh hoo chee Woman Oh hoo chee Woman I, uh-huh, uh-huh, I keep your hoo woo hoo woo hoo woo hoo woo hoo woo hoo woo hoo I hoo the hoo woo uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I woo the woo hoo woo hoo woo the woo don't you know? do